Hey, how's it going, universe? Welcome to another episode of Zoo Box, a podcast about nonsense, much of which you are about to hear. And as always, we are a trio. This time we swapped in uh, Michael for Ryan. Ryan yep. is he's under the weather. It's too bad, too. Ryan has, you know, he just bought a house. There's things to talk about. Oh, yeah, and probably, yeah, he probably, I mean, uh, we'll just see, you know. We'll, we'll see if he can make it. What the next ne- one? Oh, the next one? Oh, we'll see. Who cares? Who fucked that guy? Yeah. I mean, sir, I was just yeah, trying to be nice. I was trying to start off nice, cordial. Like, oh yeah, my brother, he got a house and stuff. Like, you know. But seriously, honestly, though, fuck that guy. You know what I mean? I mean, yeah. I mean, basically, at this point, just agree with say? me, Michael. Just agree. Oh, with you're us. a big boy. You're a big boy, man. Now. I you're agree. A big man. Yeah. Got a house. Don't need to show up for work. We get it. We get it. Um, <laughs> nah. Yeah, it's been good, man. It's been good. Week's been good. Recording's going well. I got a new I got a new friend. Where is he? I see that. Yeah, you got a new oh. a new painting or a new yeah. picture sketch. A picture. It's the, a, the, the it's, modern man. It's uh his name is Milk, Harvey Milk. Um <laughs> my good friend. He's a nice guy. Harvey Milk. Isn't that the like a famous politician or something? The first gay guy to ever get elected or something? Yeah, yeah, in uh, San Francisco, they made a movie about him. He got yeah, and assassinated. Then, and then, yeah, I mean, honestly, that's. I mean, you can thank him for the reason California the way it is now. It all started back there. You like one gay guy, it all goes to hell. Uh, Mayor Pete Buttigieg, <laughs> we have an economic crisis, uh, storage stuff. We, we, we got shipping containers in my backyard, ready to be delivered. I got sixty-four of them in my backyard <laughs> right now. I'm waiting for the trucks. Uh, apparently, a fill full of Beanie Babies. I didn't even know people were buying those things still. Apparently, I mean, they're I, holy cool. crap. <laughs> what about you, Mike? What's been Dead. with you, man? i just been whaling and dealing and uh, making deals. And, and that's what I've been up to. Just, just tricking people. Just, dickering. You know, being duplicitous, tricking people out of money. I understand. Yeah. <laughs> no, <laughs> mutual, you, mutual benefits. <laughs> what that's, you that's, usually, that's usually what the villain says. He's like, yeah. this is for both of us. <laughs> I, yeah, Mike, are you a Harkonian? Is that who you are? No, are you a Harkonian no, just making deals? I mean, no, for no, you? Like, um, you know, any anytime you guys purchase something, it's you're you're willing and dealing. You're giving them something for something. Well, yeah, that would be the basic of uh, yeah, the, the basic of just basic uh, any basic economy. I mean, now I mean, if we got so that's live, what I've been doing. If we got to live under the anarchist system of dan's dreams like we'd all have yeah. guns all the time we just point guns at each other i'd be like how much <laughs> is this really worth to you yeah. <laughs> give me a fucking yeah. give me a fair number you piece of shit yeah i can see you over there with the self-checkout like i'll fucking blast you buddy <laughs> blast your ass you goddamn robot Could be. i mean hey man if walmart allows it right um <laughs> if, that, just... if that was probably that would be the place you could do it walmart has like a new policy it's like yeah you can just fight somebody for their stuff in the parking lot. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it, maybe it should be that way. Mutual mutual combatants. You guys like, uh, you know, like the nomad. I mean, I got now. into a um, pretty heated argument with, with with a client of mine. Oh, shit. About vaccines oh, in America. Oh, really? Yeah, but we worked at a deal at the end, and he hired me, so it was good. But, we, you know, we had a, a nice little discussion about vaccines. And he's originally from Europe. Some, I forget country. Somewhere by Italy. Some little country. And then he lived in Canada. And then he moved to Florida because this wow, is where yeah. his daughter lives. Yeah. And uh, he was like making all these off like comments about like America. And so finally, I was just like, "Hey, buddy, like, 
this is gonna work out between me and you. You need to stop talking and like you need, you need, you need I just said to him, you need to stop talking shit about my country and he's like, Oh, okay. Cause he was like making all like these he was just like saying like, Oh, this country's so fucking stupid, this yeah, that dumb like what they're doing. That's every European yeah. that you ever talk to about anything, they always be like, Oh, dumb Americans. You go, Yeah, you, he was you, saying you, stuff like that. You go up to Canada, you'll run into the same thing. I remember when I was a kid. 18-year-old kid, went to Canada so we could go to bars. Some fucking middle-aged Swedish person or something, out of nowhere, just being a dick because we were Americans. Just out of nowhere. Just like, oh, people are fucking stupid. It's like, what? I mean, that's how it was. (laughs) It's like, I'm here to have a beer, buddy. I can't can't do this. But I don't... The the one thing I don't get about these people is like... I don't understand why people are so like not for freedom. Cause it's like scary. even to get the vaccine or not get the vaccine. Because I'm not like anti-vaccine. I'm just freedom of choice. Yeah, I think like, I think the the official Zubox stance is like do what you feel is best for you, but that does not mean you get to tell me what to do. Yeah, but uh, why is like a bunch like, of so anarchists? People... <laughs> really? No, but why That's are so very many American? In the... <laughs> in the, yeah, in, in American the is anarchism. And and like and like we had a discussion about it, like how I'm at a very low risk of getting it, and I've already had it. And yeah. Like why yeah. do I need it? We I talk, but why? And he still wants everyone to get it. This guy. Yeah, a lot of people are like that. I mean, because it's it's and, just something. It's like a bug in their head, and they just can't root it out. Somebody plants. But even that. if you show them like the signs and the data, like they're all pointing towards like they don't care. You know. Yeah, they, it's just anything you say to them, they still want everyone to get it. It's like the same well, thing how, how, we've talked about for a while. It's like sycophantic. It's like religious almost. It's a little yeah, like but crazy. Mike, Mike, how how did it come up in conversation? Like, I don't understand. He like, was, was he just shit. no? Was he yeah, talking he was shit, just, or was he like saying he was, to work on my house, you have to be vaccinated? Like, was no, that no, like, no, no, no. He wasn't saying anything like that. Then, um, then what the hell? You know, like why is why? Came he, up. I don't even know how it, he like brung it up. It was like. First, I made the comment like, "Hey, you need to stop talking shit about my country, or this isn't gonna work." And then, he like the vaccine just got brung up, and then we just started talking about it, and like we like argued about it, but then we were like civil and we were cool, and we made a deal at the end, so it was like all good. But yeah. it was just uh, he just I don't know, it just he like brought it brought like something with COVID came up, and then because, he got into it. Yeah, because he said like his normal sleazy European dumb American comments. You probably doing something that most people probably wouldn't do. Would be like, yo, be quiet, shut the fuck up. Yeah, I was like, like what the hell? And, and then, like... and then you were in a slightly tense antagonistic thing. So he's like, oh, let me feel you out to see if you are a dumb American. And but you had some answers, right? You didn't just have like, yeah. oh no, I just don't think I should have to do it for this reason or for you know. You had some logic behind, some rationale. No, and I, yeah, and I, and I told him, that. I said, you know, if I was maybe your age, because he told me his age was sixty, I said I may think about getting it, maybe not, but. I said, I'm at an age where I'm not at a very high risk of dying from COVID, so why would I get it? And then he was like, well, you could spread it. And I was like, well, you could still spread it even if you get vaccinated. It's been proven that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, just because you're vaccinated doesn't mean you're so not going so spread did, it to people. What did he prove? Then what did he say in response to that? Was he like, oh, but like it will let like the, this lessens the symptoms so it's safer to spread? Yeah. You know, like what the, you know, I, I, I find it, you know, Kind of there was no really any good arguments that I could see from him, no. but he was just stuck in his ways. And well, I find I find it frustrating. I think the the biggest thing about this is, um, 
you know, like talking about because Sean, you, you, I mean, I don't think you meant this, and I'm not saying you did. So like, you know, don't take it that way. But like Sean saying, well, you're not making any law. You're making logical arguments, right? Like about why you don't need it, hmm? and, yeah. and and that's fine. But like freedom, right? Like freedom is dangerous. Freedom is is the the that that area where you're able to go out and decide your own uh, choices, make your own choices, make your own decisions about your life and, and what that value is of those decisions. So when we're talking about the the choice, because you know, at the end of the day, it's not the choice. It's not the issue here. It's the mandate. And, you know, people have the right to be idiots. They have r the right to be dumbasses. You know, like, I, I, I'm not saying... You know, someone has the right to shoot somebody, but they have the right to shoot themselves. Yeah, but if you have like, a, if you have a position on a topic like this, and you're talking to somebody that has the opposite viewpoint of freedom or is pro mandate or whatever, it's it's better off just for the sake of trying, like maybe even just in a de facto sense, just as a knock on effect that you make a good argument. They actually hear it from a real person. That's, a, no, po that's for sure. a positive thing. Like, and we make decisions based on our rationalizations. Like everybody does, even people that like do it for stupid reasons. They have a rationalization why they want to do the things they do, and that would just happen to be Michael's. I mean, if you no, have the no, opportunity I'm not, I'm not to talk to a person, with it. well, if you have the opportunity to talk to somebody, like make your argument. Make your no like, for sure. You know for sure. But but what is the argument? The argument is not the vaccines. The argument is not the efficacy of the vaccines. The argument is not the... I know, that was, yeah. No, I'm just saying, I'm not saying this is for me. My, right? my argument like, was that the government shouldn't force me to do it. Right. And, and that's, and what I, I, that's what I told him. And you're using that with data and, and statistics, and you're like, listen, this is like my age group, my subset, like how many people died with comorbidities? Like, what was the number? Do you know the number of comorbidities on the average person that died? It was three to four. You know, like things like that do yeah. matter. But I think at the end of the day, when you're when you're dealing with somebody that doesn't view freedom in the same way that you do, right? Like they don't view yeah. freedom in the, in the same way. And and, and in Europe, in their very rigid like uh, culture, um, they don't really question. You know, they're not a big questioners. So it's it's very interesting to see. Like when I was in Europe, yeah, I went to Italy and Germany, and then you know, obviously lived in Turkey for a while. Turkish people are, what's the word? They're schemers, man. They're schemers. <laughs> no, shady, like, sh shady. You're trying to say no, shady? no, not no, 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 not shady. They're schemers huh? because they've been because they've been they've been fucked over by their government so hard. Yeah. Um. And, and they they're they're always like there is an underground way of doing things. There isn't. There is this like, uh, black market as I guess you could say. Yeah, for everything, and, right? Like yeah, yeah. Like so it's like there's like more subversion. Uh, and that's why, like, those are the people it was passed down, like, generation. But, like, they also have a very big communal aspect in the Turkish culture where if, you're, if your neighbor walks over and says they're hungry, you feed them. You know, like, that's – in America, that's not necessarily probably would be the, the case for most people. Like, if Sean's neighbor walked over and said he's hungry, he'd be like, uh, okay, go home and eat. Like, fuck you. Well, you know, it, I, you know I, that is just, like – part of their culture They've, culture really matters and the enforcement of, of these things like look at israel super tight and regimented and they have like 96 or 97 percent vaccination rates they already did their first round of boosters they're moving on to the second round 
and then they're already moving to ages five to 11 for the vaccines. Yeah. So like, you know, they just got shipped, I think like a couple hundred million or I, I was reading, I don't know the exact number, <laughs> yeah, but we'll, a crap ton more. We'll ship them to Israel, but we won't give them to India. <laughs> well, you know, uh, oh, under yes. the... Yes, Israel. Here you go. Here's here's how many do you need? Ten million? No problem. Yeah. Well, well they burnt the factory. Three hundred thousand people, die, old people, die in India in May, and they were like, "Well, maybe we'll give you some." You definitely well, can't no, have the patent. You definitely can't no, re- they, produce your own. It's very important that we keep giving them vaccines. I'm all for it. What? I'm all for it. Screw India. Like honestly, the main reason is is because if we're going to do human experimentation without a, they, we need to. Uh, I mean, this is what this is. I and no, at this we, point, no, it is, we, no, whoa, oh, no. The thing I was, re- I was just making a joke because no, I know and I just, we would not give India when yes. they were going through their worst time with COVID. Yeah. We would not help right. them. And Bill Gates was one of the people behind that, saying they cannot have the patent to mass produce in yes. the quantities and the speed they needed to to do it yes. in house because us making them here and then shipping them over there it was like a long process. Right, but. right, and, and I'm sure it was, but like as far as uh, Israel concerned to the World Health uh, uh, groups, like World Health Organization and, and like the EU and all these other countries view Israel as a really nice experiment. Uh, Pfizer, I believe, calls them at Laboratory A. Um, and Well, they're the, they that's are, the best data you're going to have in the world. It's yeah. probably Israel because they have like what are they like ninety five percent vaccinated? Some crazy thing like that? No, that's yeah, yeah, that's what like, I said. Yeah, it yeah, was, like, up there. Yeah, it's, it's up crazy. There. It's, so it's the, really... they are the best case study that the world has, and we look at them and we see all the like the contradictory evidence that comes out that's contradictory to like the mainstream administration narrative about COVID and its effects and how vaccines work and blah blah blah, and it's they're just gonna have. I mean, Israel, they're just going to be on a treadmill forever, just getting booster yeah. shots. Well, well, I mean, I, I think this is going to be, you know, maybe they'll be the, you know, the the Frenma or whatever. You know, they will become this new elite race oh, of people the, or something. The, I don't know. The like, Fremen? Dan watched yeah, Dune Fremen. last night. I was fucking. We'll talk about it. We'll talk. Let's save I the was Dune talk. Fucking, Did you watch Dune, Michael? Yeah. Okay. Let's towards the end. <laughs> that was no, so no. disappointing. Okay. Hold on. Hold on. The disappointment in no, no. this. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I fucking definitely towards the did. end of at the end of the episode, so we can okay. get the spoilers can... and stuff. We'll talk about Dune, and then you'll yeah, flip it. But okay. that's messed up. If this was a true pandemic, they would have given India. If mass people were dying, yes. they would have given them the patent to no. save people. Of, of course, course they would. Of course, if this was no. about actually saving lives, actually, yes. prob- probably not. Probably not, though. They would be like, you okay, don't think hold so? on. We need to, we need to hoard well, it for ourselves. They are, what, isn't Honestly. India one of the biggest producers of, like, uh, yes, vegetables you know, and fruits? No. Yeah. No, uh, hydroxychloroquine well, and ivermectin. I know hydroxychloroquine okay. for fact. No, pollution. Are, well, I know they're also for pollution. Uh, fruits well, and vegetables. They're, 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 oh. they're one of the world's biggest polluters. So they were, so, you know, we looked at, you know, people like Bill Gates and stuff. They go around and be like, hey, man, we could knock a few hundred thousand of these people off. Well, good yeah. for the planet. Yeah. Good yeah, for the environment. Tell that to China. Tell that to China, whose economy is on the verge of collapse now, too. Is it really? Fiat currency. Oh, my God. Yeah. I, Insider Asia did a great piece. Um, not to mention, uh, a Revolver put out another uh, breakneck story on the uh, January 6th uh, today on Ray Epps. It, it's a very interesting story. We can talk about that later. But check out Revolver News. If anybody doesn't know, back in the day, the Drudge Report was usually a really good aggregate for news. 
um, and uh, a lot of interesting articles. And he kind of, once Trump came, he's anti-Trump guy. It kind of all fell apart, um, and he became like a Russian narrative collusion guy. Uh, but Darren J. Beatty or Beatty, I don't know how to say his name, uh, started Revolver News, and it is a fantastic news source. And they are breaking stories on there. Well, they're that, doing hard investigative journalism. Like those pieces yeah. on Revolver are very long and in depth. Yeah, they're like, like they're, they're long. Like 40, they're like forty thousand pages. Well, they're like yeah. well, or forty thousand words. I mean, yeah, like, they're, they're well, huge. I would say five or six thousand. I don't know if they're forty thousand. There was one I read that took the me. Like, what, there was one, yeah, there was one that was like a two-hour like, read. It was that, uh, yeah. the one about January 6th and about yeah, the, well people, that, uh, the Oath Keepers and the, some of the people that were there and their connections. And, and the, yeah. yeah. But it, so he's, he's kind of started this new, uh, and he just got kicked off of uh, one of the mail, like the email chain things, like the mail who's got Now the a different one. I think it's called Kicked Mail or the something Proton like that. Mail it, and Kick Mail. No. Yeah, it might be kicked mail, I think. And he got removed from there because of activists, you know, saying that he's a white supremacist because that because there are news articles out there that said he attended uh, a uh, white supremacist event. Well, it just happened to be this conference where questionable people had like Steve, Stephen Malignon or other race essentialists like have definitely um, been at. So like there's, you know. Well, whatever. That's why he got fired from the the uh, Trump White House. He got fired from it. Oh, okay. Because of that, because of those articles, uh, which is really just saying, like, I don't know how Trump could even like. I, I, Trump is done in my book. I, I think he's done. Um, but the why? What happened was Trump now. No, dude, Trump is just not the guy, Mike. He's just not the guy. Oh, if you, you, they came out. No, Trump no. is done. Trump, Trump is Trump after the stuff about Julian Assange, like possible assassination attempt, uh, at least being planned or plotted, uh, which could be another drop in the bucket. But he didn't pardon Assange. He didn't pardon Edward Snowden. I think that was kind of a big defining moment. I and like, you know, because uh, he wanted to get he wants to get back in the White House. And that really says to me it's more about being in the White House than actually making change. Yeah, he's a narcissist. So I think I don't even think it's it's beyond narcissist uh, narcissism. Oh. It could be, but it, I mean, I'm not saying it's not. I just think it's this. It's a game, you know. It's like it's like it's beyond that. It's about I ego think. and stuff like that for him. It always sure. was though, but Maybe. it always was, and that's why I've always said like, if people really wanted to get things done, they would have just played nice with Trump. They would have he would have handed them everything. Uh, maybe, I, maybe they would have. I, I mean, like I, he, who knows? Trump tried to do that in the beginning of his administration with Nancy Pelosi, Chuck Schumer. He was all buddy buddy with them, and they turned on him, and he said, "Fuck you." But if they hadn't done that, they probably would have gotten a lot of what they wanted, honestly, because he well, wants to uh, be yeah. loved. He wants to be the 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 most beloved president ever. Like that would be his kind of his goal. You know, that's why that's where his populist angle comes in. People yeah, love a guy I, that I, helps them. People like a guy that gives them things like, and he wanted to be that. Uh, I, yeah. I mean, I, I don't know. I don't know. I, 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 I don't, I don't think, I think those days are done. I don't think that's what people want anymore. I, I don't think a majority of Americans want help. They want power to be stripped from the regime. They don't want this to be able to happen again, where the bureaucratic state can come in and surveil you and strip you of your identity and then force some some sort of weird ideological like because that's what's happened like this weird religious effect that has come from the bureaucratic state 
where they are forcing like everything. Like I, I watched the documentary on uh, Julian Assange today on Netflix. It's complete garbage. Um, they got Mc, Mc Hayden, the ex NSA director and the ex CIA director, directed by Gleb Gleb Sebony or Sebony, um, and he's like a complete lefty, like Democrat establishment guy. Alex Gibney, maybe I think Alex Gibney. Alex Gibney. Yeah, that's he's on actually. Are you saying we steal secrets? Yeah, and it, it's it's okay. That's it's music, not the yeah, worst. It's a pretty old documentary, isn't it? Well, it's 2021. It says on Netflix. I don't know. Well, maybe there's a, a new one then, because the one he uh, we steal secrets is the old the one from 2013. I'm trying to find the new one, but it might be it. I mean, it was on Netflix. Maybe it's a re they bought it and re released it under their banner or whatever, because it's pretty pretty relevant i mean i think it catches all the way up through sweden and all that stuff and then him being and put in jail for the uk and the fleeing and everything but um i i just when you see Mc, mcfaden on there or mchaden mchaden i don't know it's mcfaden i think um ex nsa director ex cia director um the way they paint julian assange to be like this you know kind of like reverted he like got away from who he was you know, like he was this, you know, pro freedom of speech extremist, like completely transparent. No, nothing should be censored to a like then he started making people sign NDAs that were in the company and a bunch of people left. And uh, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like it was yeah. wrong. The internal culture of WikiLeaks, you mean like how he wanted? Well, to they all became it. I, which all I think these I think hackers, I think became well, crazy. Well, there was that and uh and there was he was dealing with such sensitive material that he needed to have some sort of like provisions some cautionary provisions where not everybody that had affiliation with WikiLeaks could see it because some of those people would just dump it like you know he would, would go through and redact things he would he would actually work with governments and blah 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 like, I think I think there's been some dispute if this documentary is portraying it accurately. And like, I don't know how many of these people were co-opted. Like Paulson, for example, Paulson was a big hacker, got arrested, did jail time. Mm -hmm. Now he's like, doesn't like Assange, you know, so it's interesting. Yeah, because they feel burned by him. Right. I mean, isn't that the angle that the documentary takes? They kind of feel like they were left out in the cold by Assange or something. And he did it for his own ego. I remember th I saw this a long time ago. So you have to correct me if I'm wrong. Isn't like a big part of it like. Assange becoming like an egomaniac. Yeah, yeah, there's definitely part part of that, and that how he tried to be, take control of, like of WikiLeaks and make it way more like you know because he was afraid of the people around him, and maybe rightfully so, um, seeing how they turned later because all these guys that were you know lefty communists you know anarcho cap capitalists like all these like weird subsects of uh society where they converge in this hacker community all are pro fbi now pro state yeah it's weird shit. isn't it like, dude like all those guys from back in the but day that, but that's why when i saw Mc, mcfaden or mcfadden whatever his name is uh the ex-nsa director in that film like you see it and you're like well that's weird okay so i went and look up alex gibney i kind of like looked into like his twitter see what kind of stuff he shares some taking some jabs at the democrats a little bit but then you start digging deeper and you're like, oh, this guy. I mean, he's a lefty guy, but he's done a lot of like, in terms of his documentaries, he's done some good stuff. I mean, if you go back through his filmography, like uh, Enron, Smartest Guys in the Room. Yeah, no, um, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not judging he's got him. A new, he's got a new but... one right now on HBO called The Crime of the Century, which is so ironic 
because it's about oh, big pharma the and the government fucking working oh. together to basically overproduce and overprescribe opiates. Yep. Yeah, that's but what but but, but on the but on the other side of that, we're supposed to just believe big pharma about everything that's going on now, even though we know they do shit like this constantly. Like, yeah, <laughs> they've been trying to medicate the American population or the global population for a long time. <laughs> it's money. It's fucking hey, dollars. Baby. I I have a question. Do you think the Democrats would be this heavy on vaccines if Trump won? Because he created Trump. No, they would just be the warp speed. They would have the opposite, just like they did before the election was done. I don't think so. I you think they would be like against it or what? They'd be against mandates. No, I I guarantee. No, I don't think Trump would have done mandates. Most likely. Uh, Yeah, but that's he tried to. Well, we know what he would have. Yeah, we know they would have lost their minds. I think everyone would have lost their minds. I think. Yeah, like I don't think I. I don't. I think the, yeah, the establishment Democrat people would have lost their minds for sure, but I think even right wing people would have lost their minds. Oh, right I now. know that. I yeah. Yeah, I don't. I don't. I, I don't think. I, I don't think. But I, you I think, think Trump that, Do you think? Okay, let's say he didn't enforce it. He just won. Do you think the vaccines would be this big and popular? Yes. Yes. It would be the most important thing still that they talk about, and then the CDC would come out come out with guidance that Trump would disagree with. Yeah, it would be this like, big public battle. It would just be a it, mess all the time. It, it just, would be just like well, just, awful. Just like it was last year. Yeah, it was constant, it right? Situation. That was the constantly the cycle where, you know, to Trump's credit, you know, outside of, I guess, maybe the production of the vaccine, uh, he did I, what he could, I guess, to facilitate states' rights and things like that. I'll give him credit for that. Uh, he could have he really taken a lot more than he did. Shouldn't have done the eviction moratorium. That shit was no, illegal. Of course, of course, he shouldn't have. No, uh, I, I, he, he's he's a he's a failure as a president. He sees private property from all landlords in the United States. He deserves to be uh deserves to happen. But there there is a a I mean I don't think I I it's the best selling product in the world. Why would the American government want a piece of that pie? You got to think like at the end of the day they're gonna make trillion dollars plus or something crazy probably over the course of the next three to four years um they're gonna grow they're gonna be able to take that money and invest it back into you know political campaigns and super PACs and then be able to transfer that wealth over to other countries and build out there where they can do more testing more you know facilitation of stuff kind of like you know what are you gonna do like at this point when you have a corporatism which is what we have the merger uh, it's a it's a fascist regime where they 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 work in conjunction, and now Facebook is trying to get on the heels of being regulated by the federal government, so that the government can have access and control to everything on Facebook. The NSA will be able to plug right in directly, um, and the CIA, like all these companies, like that's what ultimately what they want. Because, I mean, the virtual space that's coming from facebook with the multiverse uh type like the the metaverse that they're going to be trying to create in this augmented virtual reality is going to be the new and nfts you're already seeing it people are buying private properties on there and, and personal art and stuff and you're seeing this transformation of our economy is now going to be digitally as well there's going to be two separate economies there's going to be the digital economy which is going to be like crypto blockchain stuff like that then you're going to have the physical economy and they're going to try to use that to keep the inflation down with the fiat currency. They're going to try to find a way to manage the mitigate both. 
and why the social governance score is going to be the social credit system that China has and that they're going to maybe try to do here through corporatocracy. That's how it's going to happen. It's going to happen through corporations that you can't access certain things in the virtual world. So I don't think it's going to be physical as people. Or you think can't go into their building. Like you can't come to work unless you have this credit score system to get in the card. I don't. I don't think. I don't think it's going to happen. It might happen in the physical world. That's part of it. But it's going to be in the virtual world where people are going to be able to have jobs. We've already seen this take place in places like World of Warcraft, um, uh, uh, Counter Strike. Uh, you uh, mean people are going to have jobs inside of this virtual world? Yes. Absolutely. There's going to be a separate economy where Facebook will be its own world. Yeah, it will be its yeah, own. That's why they're investing all thing. this money in virtual space and virtual tech. Listen, buddy, I'm just designing my avatar now. I think Dan's already got his. It's behind him right there. Yeah, he's the Harvey Milk. Dude. Harvey Milk. I'll be Cole Shack, the Night Stalker. Hell yeah. Just be a picture of Darren McGavin with a cross. That'll be my version of avatar. Mike will be. Uh, no, I'm not coming, dude. Mike will be virtually, uh, virtually I'm hung. I'm not going down. for for Mike. being for be, Mike will be virtually hung for being David Goggins' campy and blackface, virtual blackface. <laughs> um, I'm, gonna, I'm, awesome. I'm not going to that. World. Mike's gonna get plugged into like Second Life and become a yeah. an architect. <laughs> like he's gonna build houses maybe. in Second Life, My, or Mike's just or maybe creating all the most beautiful stuff, and everyone's like, "I need Mike." Yeah, Mike's houses are the best. Mike, can I buy your dragon? Yeah. <laughs> no, I actually I actually heard about somebody buying a house on uh yeah, on no, NFTF. Yeah. That was crazy. I mean the NFTs, yeah, the NFTs. Yeah, NFTs. Non-fungible tokens. It's pretty interesting. I'm telling you this economy is going to be here. It's going to be here to stay. And what they're going to do is because the there's going to be nothing left. That's that's all there's going to be. Is pod people, but no, I'm the matrix maybe. No, but I I think the ideas the integration of, of uh humans and technology have been going on for a long time it's going to continue yeah. um the idea though is the virtual economy is going to be easier to regulate easier to monitor oh wait it's, yeah you know and well we've already basically gone digital currency in the united states with debit and credit cards mm -hmm. and such so highly trackable highly easy that's why the irs is trying to track everything you do because once we get into the online to the virtual world and I don't think it's going to be completely crazy, Mike. It might be like, maybe we'll do a podcast. No, I like may like go into it to make some money, but I'm not like fucking gonna. You don't want to live. I'll there, be on the outside making the money from the oh, inside. Dude, just think of the. I'm not body. gonna be like just, in there. Just think of the body you could have in there. I mean, yeah. You no, know, I'll I'll be like the dude that's like mining something and like selling it to those fuckers that are in there. You know. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's no. You'll. That's what I want to be. Mike's mother no, in there is going to be filled be with computers there. just mining no, Bitcoin. Because this is the idea is that you're no longer going to have to go to work in physical space. So you'll do everything virtually, and and the main reason is going to be for climate reasons. They're going to say they're going yeah. to say uh, food consumption. So now that you're not moving as high, you can have a highly regulated, controlled diet um, that will be delivered to you daily. Um, you know, with like, and you'll have. Uh, like it'll be easier to do dent doctor's appointments with a, th a thing prick and they can test your blood. All that stuff will be eventually, I think, uh, coming. That's why uh, th I think it's Theranos is the name of the company with the woman. She's on trial right now. And uh, funnily enough, one of her jurors got, uh, you know, they didn't like her. Do you know why? Because this is true. She played Sudoku. 
So they removed her from the jury list. Oh. Too smart. My guess. She thinks abstractly. I yeah, don't, yeah, I, I don't guess. know. I don't know why that would be disqualifying on a jury, but they must have found something. Well, the, right? well, the defense, the defense gets to. Geez, no, I know that. That's why I'm, just, I'm curious hey, what like, the rationale like, behind that is. Yeah. Do you guys ever get tricked? Tricked. Explain. Yeah. <laughs> this could go. This could go in no. a lot of different okay. directions. Yeah, like, like um, fooled. Was, was was I was I tricked by my government into thinking I need? Well, no, least? no, not that. Like just, uh, or or like um persuaded to a way that you don't even think about the other side so much of course yeah it's a bias you you mean like creating a bias in you yeah but it's not even that you like okay remember the john gruden emails yeah oh i remember mike we talked about it for i listen hours. to people <laughs> yeah but no here's an example like i only listen to people that wanted the emails out and they made really good points yeah you only heard what i never side, even right? considered yeah, I never even considered like personal privacy rights, right? That, I, like that didn't even cross my but mind. But that's the power of the framing. Yeah, that's, I got tricked. That's, that's the, like blowing my mind that I got fucking. Because I would be like, that's, yeah, it's that's crazy. the power of the media when you don't when they disingenuously frame stories and don't talk about the principle of what we're discussing, and and principle yeah. like is this a the right thing to do? The answer is no. But they don't even bring it. They don't even talk about that. They don't broach it. They don't bring yeah. it up. They don't. They don't no. even have somebody there to dismiss it. They don't even. They don't even get into that shit. Has that ever happened to you like that though? Where you yeah, just totally got blindsided like that? Dude, there was like definitely a period of time, so like 2011. <laughs> I was like, I was listening to too much Alex Jones, <laughs> and I was, because I, I was just like, man, I need to buy gold, like. Oh. <laughs> I, was like, I was like, man, I really gotta like, I need to go buy some food. Like, oh my remember, goodness, I was that's like, where my parents are at, <laughs> dude. Well, when you funnel that stuff all the time, and it's just that perspective, like, yeah, I shouldn't have showed them that. They're like addicted. They watch it morning and night. Like, it's really bad. Oh, I guess, shit, dude. Infowars, all like day, buying all the products. They're like buying stuff from Alex Jones now. Yeah, you gotta support him, you know. And I was the one that sent him him as like a joke. Because I sent them something that was so ridiculous back in the pandemic. And yeah. I, I was like, oh, man, I, like they're going to like this, but it's going to be funny when they see it. Like, well, it's like with just like, oh, with my it, I, I mean, just like with anything, like it's like you got to parse it with a lot of things. You can't. It's really not healthy to just always get every piece of information from one perspective or from one source. It's good to challenge yourself a little bit. Go listen to some people you think you wouldn't agree with. Etc. I'm not going to say yeah. that you're going to have your mind changed, but at least understand how other people think about things, you know? And that yeah, sometimes and, can and be. Now impo- they're like you in 2011. They're. <laughs> I never got super bad, but I remember the <laughs> thoughts creeping in my head. And I'm like, I got to cancel my InfoWars sub, dude. Because, like, back in the day, you used to have to pay a monthly fee to watch the video. Yeah. It wasn't all yeah, free, dude. Really? I, I paid for that shit. Dude, I own on DVD wow. like almost every Alex Jones documentary. Like I bought them all. I was all in, dude. That's crazy. Oh wow. I, I didn't. Had I, all but that. like, I, I was never like. I it's maybe I'm being a little hyperbolic. I was never like into it in the sense where it was gonna like change everything about me. But I definitely felt myself slipping down that conspiratorial conspiratorial rabbit hole. Maybe a little too yeah. far. Because, dude, I got my dad, like, not a very tech-savvy guy, like, sending me documentaries from, like, 2012. 
Yeah. But like the super wealthy elite, and they're like four hours long. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, what? Dude, that's this guy oh, said that's like, like that's like the beautiful time of the internet. That shit was everywhere. Yeah, every you, any, you like he's sending me this doc- stuff now. Yeah. Now that it's and, all and like it's, he, you well, know, you know, my dad he doesn't know how to do this stuff. But ever since listening to Alex Jones, he's finding all like, these dude, you got crazy give, documentaries. Give somebody and, a cell phone, and they learn quick. Yeah. But busting around those it's apps. just crazy to see that. And it was crazy to see how I got tricked last week. That was like nuts. But it's a good lesson, right? It's a lesson learned. You're like, okay, yeah. all right. Well, just because I'm hearing it from somebody, maybe I thought they were like a, an authoritative source. You got to have a little skepticism. Yeah, I did. Listen to people, you know? Yeah. It's just, yeah, that was, I just, you could just, it's a nutty thing that happened. You just be like, I don't know. I'm just very, I guess I'm a little too cynical sometimes. I don't believe anybody nowadays. I don't believe nothing. Nothing. Yeah, I just, I, I just, I just got tricked, man. It was, it's crazy. Like I just, I mean, I just got it's, it hap- It happens, man. And it's about, it's about the uh, experience of like that. The first time you experience that, like it kind of changes your views forever. You know, like for me, like yeah. the first time you really feel like I'll never forget the first time something like that happened to me. So yes, I've been tricked. So one time. Uh, uh, my buddy sends me an article and I'll start reading it. It's all about like this contractor gig, right? It's like fucking contractor gig. And it's like, oh, you know, you can go out you can make a lot of money, this, that, and the other. And I stopped like two paragraphs in and I just texted him back. Like, you know, I'm like, oh, that look, that sounds cool. You know? Cause I just didn't investigate. And then he calls me. He's like, did you fucking read it? I'm like, yeah, I read it. He's like, why don't you fucking go read it again? So I start reading the article. I go down and I start reading it, and it's one of those joke stories where like, once you get to a certain point, it starts talking about Andy, the anti-masturbation dolphin. Yeah. Like that's who you'll be guarding. And it's ah. a big joke. Right. And it taught you, taught me a lesson. Like don't half-ass read something, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Cause it was getting a lot of people at the time. So it was pretty funny. Well, because it was, it was like a, good, it's like a social know. experiment to show that most people actually only skim articles and they miss you miss a lot when you do that, right? Like you're not yeah. really taking in the information, and uh, and I think that's something. I mean, especially nowadays, holy shit! Like Twitter has completely fucking destroyed people's capacity to like read articles. Everybody just passes around something based on the headline. They don't. Most people don't even click on the thing. They just read the headline. And they're like, I believe that. I'm going to comment on the headline rather than the substance of the article. Uh, actually, I shot today. I saw tons of articles today. Oh, uh, there's a big variety article going around uh, with Dave Chappelle. People were not commenting on the video that was released or the statement that was made. They were just commenting on the headline, which was like a, a abbreviated version of something he said. I think I got to get off of all fucking media, YouTube, everything. I think I might just cancel everything because... This shit's getting too wacky for me. I mean, no, just yeah, the influence. I can't. I can't be letting these people influence me like this anymore. Yeah, but Mike, that's uh, that's up to you to control it. Yeah, it's up to me to put it down. It's like Dan. It is. I had a conversation. I had a conversation with Maritza this week, and I said, "Look, I have a problem. The problem is, I'm addicted and like really badly to sweets. Mm-hmm. So my way." of controlling this addiction because when there's sweets in the house, Dan, I, you may not want to believe this or not, but my, like, I don't have control almost. Yeah. It's they, like, they call him sweetie Mike. It, it just, 
it's just in my mouth. The next thing I know, I'm like, I dude, I am in the same boat. You have to expel so, all of that stuff from your house. Yeah, I can't. So what I cannot I have it was, in the cupboards. I can't. No, you just like, I can't. I can't have it in the house. So that's like the same thing with like YouTube yeah. or like with video games for me. Like, I know that if I get a PlayStation, I get like it consumes me. So sometimes even when I have a PlayStation, I'll like leave it in the box. I. And I'll kind of like hopefully forget about it until that little voice comes and says. But it's a lot of self-control to even be able to recognize that in yourself. Like you're not blind to it, just stumbling through it. It's a struggle for you. It's something you recognize in yourself. That's that's a great place to be. It doesn't solve your problem, but like at least you have awareness. That's like half the battle. So yeah. So my my way of like cutting off things is just not even. Just like get rid of, I might just get rid of YouTube, and then that way, that's that's how I control it. I don't have any sweets in the fucking house. Yeah, but because if I do, they're not gonna last, Dan. Yeah, I mean, I hear you, man. Two thirty in the morning, bags crunching. I, I'm not. I'm not saying that you should or shouldn't get off or whatever. I feel like you do got to do whatever you want to feel comfortable with. But uh, at the end of the day, it's kind of like if you stop consuming. Uh, like, cause you know, like actually, I, I was thinking about this a lot recently. I've been reading uh, some Aeon by Young, and um, then the Little Red Book by uh, Carl Jung, Young, whatever his name is. Um, and he gets into this type of. Uh, it somewhat relates. I, I don't want to veer too much off track, but if you you have control over the matter, you know, like your your consciousness can actually control matter. You have it's so powerful. You know, like you, you have this, this, it, it, it's an, is it an addiction or is it you just not controlling yourself? That's the question. Like, is it an addiction to sugars and to things? Yeah. Of course, okay. it, there's a physiological response to sugar, you yes, know, and, I know and stuff. I, I'm going to, I'm, I'm going to explain it to you like this. So yeah, I have self-control and I can have self-control for a little while, but it's like, if you put the temptation right in front of you always to tempt you <laughs> and it's there all the time or you could just remove that temptation and not go around it and not have it there it would be a lot easier to have self-control i mean for sure but what is the real what is the real moral of your story here like is my it my moral it, you know like what i'm saying is like wouldn't story, it be wouldn't it be more impressive to be able to control yeah, it, you yeah, know, and just that level. would be, but um, you know, that would be damn. But I'm the type of guy that I like to, I just uh, like to get the like. fuck done. Okay, <laughs> I, so I, what's listen, gonna accomplish it? What's gonna get it done is just not buying it and bringing it around me. I can so spend what, all that, this other time trying to control my mind when there's, you know, a cookie over there. But like, I can't be focusing that much time on like trying to like. Because that's going to take an extreme amount of time and effort to have that kind of self-control. So what is it that you think you're addicted to? Is it the psychological aspect of it? Is it physiological? Do you it's associate... A, no, it's a psychological. Yeah, do you, it's like do you this... associate it with like comfort? Like you're stressed yeah, out. I, I want to eat a bag of cookies. It. I'm stressed. I want yeah. to eat a candy bar. Like Not even if I'm stressed. I just... If I'm stressed too, but if I'm just... Really, any time is good for cake. So, have you have you canceled out like coffee and stuff too? Like, no, 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 no. I no, 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 no. This is just for sweets because I don't. 
because I know that they're like super, super bad for me. And I just, I don't want to end up fat and I just want to stay healthy. I want to live a long time. And that's why. But like with coffee, I'm totally aware that I'm addicted and I'm very happy to be addicted. And it's my (laughs) choice to be. So everybody's don't get me started on that. Everybody's got a bug. Yeah. No, I, I mean, I, I'm not judging, man. I mean, I say if you... Like, know, I'm not going to give takes. up coffee ever again. Just like I fully will never give up tobacco ever either. I don't have it all the time, but I, I'm never going to give it up. It's a, it's a good thing to be addicted to. It's, uh, it's awesome. And coffee's just one of those things where that's... I accept that that's my addiction, and I'm okay with it, and I'm actually very happy with it. So, it's good. <laughs> it really gets hey, me I, where I got to be, you know what I mean? Some Some heroin addicts feel the same exact way, you know? Yeah, and that's um, fine if they can function and do whatever yeah, they got to do. Life, I'm for them. Yeah, I'm for, living for it. In, I'm, I'm for it too, man. I'm for it too. I'm for it. You do whatever you want. A good coffee and like a coffee routine, it's like it's better than drugs to me in my opinion. Yeah. No, I mean like I think that's the same reason why I don't sit there and like get completely wrecked all the time. Like whether it's alcohol or, um, you know, uh THC or whatever I I mean don't get me wrong I like a good rip like last night you know we'll talk about this later but I got pretty ripped I could have done more Sean it wasn't enough I could have fucking <laughs> ripped I'm just saying yeah that's yeah, um, just pro- that's when you augmented with Delta 8 that's what I do I uh, Delta 17 that's what I call it <laughs> I've been I fucking been ripping no but it's 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 like it's not to the level where I was when I was in because dude that shit that I was doing in Portland Oh my God, man! It was like next level. Hey, Dan, you know what we should do? What? Next time we meet up, we should get totally fucking stoned, like yeah. so stoned, like you know what I mean? Like we get so stoned that we go like real deep into ourselves. Yes. Like that no, I, I, I kind of yeah. feel like I, I found a place in America, in on native land, in a certain state. It's not cheap though, so we probably would have to save up for a little while. But it's like fifteen hundred bucks for two days, and so it's, you come the first day, and then you stay one night, and then you leave the second. So it's really one night in two days, you know. You're talking like but peyote. Like, I'm not gonna say the substance, but it's ayahuasca. Good shit. It's yeah, it's it's DMT? like that. Yeah, yeah, baby. I want to go it's, on an ayahuasca it, trip, dude. I'm heading but to it's South like, America. It's, it's like legit though. Like it's like it's like. 20 or 30 dudes in a giant tent in a sweat lodge and like yeah, Dan, i don't know if i want to do this one i might pass on this to be honest no dude this would be this would be like i i was reading this guy uh talking about it. he's like it's i know but i'm it, not damn listen man i'm not letting no demons come into my life so you do I that don't th- i don't think i don't think that's <laughs> I, if anything it's the it's the god molecule it's the it's the one thing you're born with and the one thing yeah, that you'll you die watch with. midnight mass <laughs> yes Hey, that's the kind of shit that's going to happen to you. That's that could happen. That's <laughs> that totally okay, could. So. I mean, it could. No, but I think I think the idea though is that like it is one of the most violent scare. It's yeah, like some people have really bad experiences, like midnight mass. No, no. I think yeah, I don't yeah think, not everybody no, comes out happy dory. I I think most people who do that come out better. They may not, and nah. come out, they come out different. And like, uh, or at least I don't know. It's like it's like I, it's like shrooms. It's like shrooms. It's like shrooms for everybody's a little bit different, 
but yeah, some people have that's... really bad cases, but it's they're awesome. Yeah, they're but you're awesome. talking about a whole other like ball of wax there. Like, yeah, no, the you're, thing... you're, yeah, it's next hey, level. I, 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 I bet you if they had accurate studies, I bet you'd be like 50 50. No, I mean, no, they do this. It's micro dosing, they do it all the time. There's the study. No, 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 my my point was I was saying that like the people have good experiences, the people have bad experiences. No, it's that not. Stuff is it's probably like it's, 50, 50. It's, it's not good experience. It's never a good experience. Well, in the beginning it isn't, but then it, no. it comes good. And doesn't it go through stages? Uh, no, it's absolutely terrifying the entire time. I don't think so. I don't think that's true. No, I think some people have. Di- I think ayahuasca is different, uh, but it lasts. I think at the beginning you, get sick, it, you throw I, up. I, yeah, but ayahuasca la- or I- whatever you call it, it, it lasts hours. So yeah. like your like DMT lasts minutes. Oh, okay. DMT lasts like twenty minutes. I, I want no, I want to do both of them. Um, so I'm thinking about taking a trip out there and going for a ride. And You're where you know, <coughs> I can't say. Oh, but here, in in the but, U.S. Yeah, it's in the U.S. It's in it's in the state of okay. Arizona. Well, um, okay. And it's it, it's everything is like you're taken care of completely. They have guides and watchers there, um, but it's kind of like, yeah, like that seems important. That seems like it seems like that is you know because I've been reading a lot about uh, about a lot about Young or reading Young's work and Aeon and like the ego and the the all these like different things, the shadow self and you know uh, Aeon, the feminology of the self. It's a terrifying book. It is an introspective work that I, I don't know. The Red Book as well um, is an interesting thing. So, like, really cool. So you have your conscious state, right? Consciousness right now. We're conscious. We're interacting. And then you have the unconscious state, which is like sleeping. Well, what's the middle state called? Most people call it lucid dream, lucid dreaming, right? So you have your conscious, your unconscious. And the middle stage is called the hypno hypnagogic um and it's that lucid dream state you ever been like kind of like falling asleep you fall like and then you kind of or maybe you're coming out of sleep and you you realize you're dreaming you know what i mean yeah. i've had this feeling i've had the feeling where i can't get out of bed and some murderer is going to come over and freaking stick a knife right in my stomach and cut like me sleep, open and like tear a, up my like guts sleep and sleep then take it and cut me down to my penis and cut it right off and i'm just <laughs> fucked up are you talking I about like sleep out of bed paralysis? To stop him yeah. You're talking about sleep Yeah, I get that sometimes. I used to get yeah. that a lot when I was younger. Yeah. It's, it's actually yeah. very scary. Yeah. Yeah. Like I'm like, like I'm like there's a robber in my house and I can't get up. Like Well, cuz you can't tell if you, you can't tell if you're dreaming or you're awake. You're like in this yeah, middle that's space. Yeah. And a lot of people, I don't know, I don't know if we must have talked about this on the documentary or on the podcast, but there's a documentary called The Nightmare. It's about people that have similar experiences with sleep paralysis. And I had a similar experience that the people in the documentary had, and I never knew that it was like a phenomenon until I watched that documentary. And I didn't even watch the documentary knowing I was going to f- figure that out. I actually just watched it because I liked the director. He did a different documentary I liked. And uh, so I ended up watching it, and I was like, holy shit, this is like a thing. It's like you see like a dark figure with red eyes. Like it's weird. I've seen that several times in my life. Yeah, it sounds like you need. God. I've actually ne- never ne- seen that. I've, yeah, it never I've happened never to me, Sean. Never happened. But to I me have been in God. the bed where I can't get out, and I'm like, 
it's dude, rock, like, like it's always like a rock. You guys are dude, just have pussies. You, ever, you guys are pussies. Have, That's what you are. I looked at that demon in the eye and said, "Be gone. Get behind me, and, Satan." And, you know, I I literally have. Have you ever been able to fight your way out of it? Have you ever no. been to wrestle? I I've been able to do it a couple times. I think I did. I, I woke can, myself up once. Yeah, I can get it. I can get there. It's it's painful. It's almost. It's anxiety ridden, yes. and like that's what pe a lot of people talk about. That's what happens when you do ayahuasca or, or like DMT. Like that can happen. Like that can you can get that that feeling you have a panic of attack. like, no, uh, yeah, maybe a panic attack, but it's more like, like despair, like the terror or whatever. But um, yeah, but I've been reading Young, and Young uh, and Young is is a crazy guy, man. But he's been the the hype, the hypnogenic, jejic. Hype. I can never say the word right. Hypnagogic. Hypnagogic. Yeah, it's hard, especially when you're all, when you're so used to just reading something, you never say it out yeah. loud, and then you try to say it yeah. out loud, and it comes out like yeah, you're it's dyslexic. like weird. It's a weird word. It's a hypnagogic. Yeah, hypnagogic. I always want to say hemegonic or something, but like hypnagogic. Um, it's a really interesting thing. His theories on it because he talks about how the unconsciousness. Like, so he believes in theory anyway, that like a theory that he has about how we were created was from a giant collective consciousness. It's like this collective consciousness. It's, it's this psychic energy mm -hmm. that like, was where we're from. That's why we all have like a mass collective unconsciousness. There is something that just connects us all. Yeah. And um, which is why our, our brain and he uses like the physical formation of the brain. He's like, that is a perfect example of you can see where when human beings started to gain some level of consciousness and awareness and critical thinking that their brains change. Yeah. So the you, the the unconscious world or can actually phys, like manipulate matter. And he says that's the proof. Yeah, over time, right? Can, like over time, yeah. and this is something that there's been studies done. I read a book years ago about uh, brain elasticity and how you can like retrain your brain, grow your brain in different ways. It was studies done on people that were suffered from blindness and paralysis, and how they were able to literally rewire their brains pretty much through like sh by therapy and sheer force of will, like crazy yeah. shit. Like you take a guy who can't walk and you just make him fucking crawl everywhere. Like it was, it was some crazy shit and it was a really interesting book. Actually, Mike's sister gave it to me years and years ago. Really good book. Mm. I'll try to remember the name at some point. But I would like, I would like to see the studies for this one. <laughs> like, you know, no, it was, no, um, it was super interesting and it was about like, yeah. and about like the, the scientific community. Uh, really battled against it since like the 1920s because you had a bunch well, of people I, I, that had their entire life's work counter to that so they weren't ever going to give it a hearing and then you had all these kind of new younger doctors that were like more open to new ideas and trying new yeah, methods and exactly. blah 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 and that stuff got suppressed into like the 70s and then still to this day it's something that is not like widely well, i think wim hoff is a perfect example of he's that type of that deep connection to the to some sort of he connects it through uh breathing um, but I mean, he can regulate his body temperature. He can, you know, he fought off Ebola, the Ebola virus. He actually got that shit injected into him mm -hmm. and he fought it off. Um, and all with the power of his mind, uh, you know, and I think they said within hours he had fought off the virus, which is like supposed to be impossible. It could be interesting. Um, I mean, I, I, you know, something like that. It's like, you wish you had somebody like hooked up to every machine known to mankind. To no, they things. did. They did. Well, it was legit. Who, who do you know his name? What was his name? Wim Hof. Wim the, Hof. You never heard of the breathing guy? 
You've, you never heard of the Wim Hof? Heard of this yes. guy, Sean. Vaguely, vague, I'm sure I have. Uh, it gets also, into yeah, the cold I mean, this guy's like an outlier, man. Yeah, I mean, no, but some people just are have, you know. No, I think it's the mental. It's the mental side of things. It's the ability yeah, it to is. push through. And I, but like maybe he's connecting to some deeper. Well, you have people, part of himself. Well, that's like if you go to like uh, uh, Hindus, Buddhist monks, and like the things they're able to actually train their bodies to do. Staying underwater yes. for hours by slowing their heart rate down to almost imperceivable amounts, so they didn't need oxygen to survive. Like, right, like but that. Here, crazy shit. The but brain here's was, about the book I was talking. Oh, just the book I was talking about is called "The yep. Brain That Changes Itself" by um, Norman Deutsch. But anyways, here's here's the thing about all like those guys, like the monks and Winhoff. Like you have to realize, like these guys, all they fucking do is work on this like twenty four seven. No, that's what I mean. Like it's a discipline. It's something you have to. Yeah. Like, you have to like learn. It's like a like they fucking a lifetime work. Of like study. they're in it, or a lifetime. Yeah, well, twenty years every day, of, like experimenting this that, like trying all this new shit. You know, like well, these I, guys. I, it's not like the average person could just do this in a couple months. Is what no, I'm but to say. it's not about being able to do it in a couple months. It's about the power. Knowing the power is there. You know, it's it's kind of like I I I disagree saying that they're not outliers. They're not. They are. People just dedicate themselves they're to other things. They're, yes. people, they're people because they're only... Yeah. But but no, but like a, a, a neurophysicist is also an outlier. You know, like there's yeah. like a few people who go down and become experts in certain yes. fields, you know, or in no matter what it is. Uh, you know, Tom Brady is an outlier because he's so damn old, you know? And yeah. He's yeah, but don't seven you think that there just some people are going to be like, have have strengths in those directions, those disciplines. Not everybody ends up going into that stuff. Maybe they never realize their potential, but there are some people that are just going to naturally gravitate and be better at no, things than others. I mean, I'm definitely, I'm definitely not disagreeing with that. I don't, I don't, that's not what I'm saying. I'm saying that every person has the ability to tap into some of these things. Like they have yes, maybe I'm, not. Yeah. Just not maybe like to the degree somebody else can or whatever. Cause there is no meritocracy in nature. There is only or maybe even you know, a different way, but I'm all I'm saying is that they would have to put in a, a tremendous amount of time. Most, yeah, yeah I, I guess with anything. It's but that's what, any, that's, yeah. that's what I was talking yeah. about the brain plasticity thing, like where you take blind people or people that had neurological disorders or people that had been paralyzed or had a stroke. There was one guy who had a stroke, and that's literally has to do with your brain, and it was about like him retraining his brain to use different parts of his brain to control his body that it normally doesn't because the brain is like such this unmapped thing. We really don't know the potential of it. We really don't mm -hmm. understand it. It's something that is a lot of crazy study is being done on that thing. Well, that's why I think Jung's perspective is so interesting because like if you actually look at something like, and you put it into the physical world, something that other artists have used much like Stanley Kubrick and the shining, um, that is a, a hypnagogic state in, of reality. That's really what that book's about. They actually, if, and, I, and the reason I started look reading these, I had the books and I had skimmed through them and stuff, but I watched this guy break down. The, there's a scene in The Shining where in the original with Jack, when he first goes in and he's having like his initial meetup at the hotel, the Overlook Hotel, there's a little red, there's a book mm -hmm. on it and it says red book. Yeah. You, were, you know, so the guy. Yes. Uh-huh. You were watching the, you, the Rob Ager documentaries? I, I don't know. Yeah, the guy who makes him, his name is Rob Ager. He's really, he's great. People should check him out. Let me see. But because he found uh, that, he found other books 
that were there that lead to it so being what do they have some kind of significance well subconsciously it, planting in there it, the, oh, okay. it, it's it, well, the Red Book is, it, in the movie actually is the uh, the the basically the all the important shit happens. Red Book, like this is where all the information is. This is when people come if there's emergencies like this. The Red Book is just important for a hotel management aspect. Like I guess it's like a common thing uh, that was important. It would if you have guests show up, you write their names in so you don't lose track of people. Like you know you're the manager, the caretaker, so you write all these big events in to keep track as you're watching. But the the hypnagogic idea, though, has been around for a long time, and that you can tap into it. You can tap into it. So that state, because the Red Book is Carl Jung's experimentation with putting himself in the hypnagogic state. Mm -hmm. So basically, you can self-hypnotize. That's what you do when you go into these states of consciousness unconsciousness kind of bleeding together that is you hypnotizing yourself you have actually tricked your brain and completely taken it over to where you can create imagery from nothing you know from inside your own head you're not actually and you can feel things you can interact like in, in weirdly strange ways um it, it's an interesting aspect to say like well what is matter and, and like mike i brought up earlier when you were gone for that second you know our brains were formed through consciousness. So that's actually Carl Jung explains the archetypes. Like that's what, you know, uh, Jordan Peterson really gets into in maps of meaning and architecture of belief is building on these archetypes. How do they show up in culture? You know, how did we translate them through history? And what is like, what's an archetype, for example, is the mother. Uh, every single person on earth is born from a woman and there has a mother. That is an archetype. It will always be the same. It will never change. And when you look at something like The Shining, what is that archetype of a bad father? Mm -hmm. Of the resentful father? Of the bad, like just all this big mishmash of just being a horrible father. Like ultimately, an abusive drunk. Like he fits that archetype perfect, perfectly. Um, and then you got something like Christ. He fits the archetype of the father. Like a good father. Like a, a god, or even the archetype of a god, create miracles, do these things. And that has actually changed the composition of our brains. Like it's actually altered yeah, that's what through I, evolution. I think that's what technology is doing to people right now. I mean, the way, you know, it's, it's a pretty new thing, right? It's only been like 20 years where everybody's had the internet and computers in everybody's house and cell phones and stuff like who knows how that is augmenting our brains. It's rewiring us. Well, man, especially the I children. Well, well, you're probably going to see it more because it's so crazy how quickly kids figure oh. technology out. It's kind of wild. Like if you watch a kid with an iPad or a phone or something yeah. like that. Well, I mean, their brain, their brain is plastic. Yeah, and, you know? but they, so they figured it out. They figured it out in like ten minutes. How do you like? Well, it, it's incredible. Like think about like an archetype, another in nature. It's like how do babies know to breastfeed? How do they know? That's where Jung gets into the collective unconsciousness. He says yeah. there is this thing that we all so like Michael, not trying to run over, I'm gonna do it very short, but Jung believed that we all came from a psychetic a, a, a psychic force called the collective unconsciousness. That's what he calls it. He's like, that's what is God, maybe. Like that is what God is. This is that what how can you be born and have no knowledge of literally anything except what you were nothing? And now you know how to breastfeed within hours. 
like you just can do it like how does a dog know to yeah, well, bite they, his own umbilical cord or whatever has, like how do they know these things there's a lot like, of different well people some people call it genetic memory and like i got into this really a lot actually the same topic uh before i foster was born i like learned a lot about that and what you like pass down to your kids the kind of influence you have how your behavior before like you have a kid can actually affect their personalities and stuff like that because whether we like it or not there are some things that are innate there are personality traits and stuff that you pick up from your parents without even really experiencing them um or they manifest in weird ways they manifest later in your life when you wouldn't see it coming so what you're saying is when the babies in the womb play alex jones that's what i say he will come out they'll come out fine no, but it's, it's a super interesting topic, and I think it's it has there's a lot of validity, and I, I think it's further we get along. Like Carl Jung is somebody that was like, in terms of like uh, a serious <coughs> academic study, was a little ahead of the curve. That's why nobody paid attention to it for fifty years. You know. Well, I I I, I think Carl Jung is. I mean, he's he is probably one of the greatest thinkers ever. Uh, he's up there with Socrates or Plato. If you read Aeon you can't consume it like fast it's too much is going on in every paragraph yeah that's like it's it's yeah it's like it's, reading a it's terrifying dense honestly. philosophy is the same way you go read like nietzsche like it's good to just go read a couple passages and just kind of sit back and reflect on it it's not, they're not meant, they're not meant to be blown through they're meant to be studied they're meant to yeah. that's why they are almost the best place to consume them if you have the good fortune to be like in an academic or a classroom setting that's going to take it seriously and actually do it, that's the way to do it. Because you want to break everything down. You want to get really yeah, into it. Yeah, there's a lot of weird I, words. I don't know there. Hegel. I don't know Hegel. I'm not into it. But no, I, I, I no, not to say. I'm, no, I'm not saying that the institution. I'm just saying the classroom no, environment I, I, I know. where you can yeah, collectively no, right. all talk and get into it and really like kind of dissect the material. And that's something that is harder to do when you do it by yourself. It just is. It's just like a normal thing. Because yeah. talking to yeah. somebody, you could they could show tell you something you didn't know about it or offer a different perspective. You're like, oh, that's interesting. That also seems applicable, you know? And that's what, part of the fun. But we don't have any more. It doesn't seem like, at least in my experience, we don't have active learning <laughs> in schools anymore. Well, you know what like a big community is for that kind of stuff? What? It's actually in the Catholic Church. A lot of people are into that. What? Into what? Talking? Like, into like philosophy and talking. Like Yeah, if you got people that are super serious, yeah. Even the people like Yeah, they're the, but they're like just like even like the kids, like way above me. I don't even know what the hell they were talking like at like campfires or whatever we would have. Sure. Like Christian kids talking about like deep philosophy and like this is what they like study. Well, because and, that's part of like when you, especially you grow up a Catholic kid, you go to Catholic schools, you're studying catechism. Yeah, well, that's what I mean. You're thinking about the world. They in a like study that, those abstract sense. So like you, your mind is already primed yeah. for that stuff for sure. It's a, not a bad. But, thing. but, but what, I, what I'm saying is that like the the Christian schools, I guess they seem to tend to more to like study the classics. Yes. Well, at least in my, in my experience, that's how it was. I don't know how it is if you were to go to like a, like there's a Catholic school down the road. I don't know if it would be the same way. I don't know. The mo the modern Catholicism, uh, like stuff like these guys are, they're, they're pretty, pretty gross people, honestly. When yeah. It, comes it probably like, depends on, on, on the school. I mean, like, I, I, there's still the, good schools out there that teach this. the infiltration of the leftist <clears throat> ideologue uh, ideology is very present even in 
the Catholic Church. Yeah, uh, back in like the forties. It's fucking. No, I'm talking wild. about. Do you think? Do you think it's prevalent in like every Catholic high school? No, uh, I don't know. There, a lot the... of them are like pro-government healthcare, pro-government controlled organization type stuff. Like they're very much status. Oh yeah. If you um, go listen to like those, like any Catholic priest on YouTube or whatever, they'll say that like Jesus was a socialist. Like that's the, yeah. new, that's like the new talking point. And you're like, wow. Okay. Yeah. But I can find, I can find like, you guys are talking about like the general Catholics of yes. like America. No, we're talking about priests, Michael. I'm talking like, about priests. Right no, now. no, no. I know that. Yes. No, 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 but I'm going I'm to explain to you, in the Catholic Church, there's different communities. Like, why no, they didn't want the Latin Mass is because there's people that are more traditional. Yeah, I understand that, yeah. So, I yeah. guess I was always around... And what is the Catholic the Church? more is, traditional. So, so was I, and so was Dan. Like, that's yeah. our experience with the Catholic Church, but we also know, being part of that Catholic Church, we were very much in a minority. Um, yes. They are literally actively trying to get rid of traditional mass yes. and latin mass yes. they don't want it at all uh, because yeah. originally you know just like everything when when vatican ii came into being they they saw that the the numbers of people going to church was falling off and they decided that it was because the mass was in latin so one of the big talking points for vatican ii in terms of reforming like general going to church general mass was to put it in english was to change things, and then and then it just kept changing more and more and more. So by the time you get to the '80s and the '90s, you have the Eucharist to the side rather than being the center. Yeah, uh, you know things like that. Yeah, yes, yeah. So my whole point was that, like, I guess, like the the communities that I saw, they were much more traditional communities. They yes, weren't yeah. like the the modern. Uh, I understand the modern Catholic Church because I've been I've been around those those Catholics too. Yeah, they're like pro life. But then they're like pro-choice at the same time. Yeah. Like, oh, it's, like it's not weird. my choice. Yeah, no, they're just a bunch of fucking hypocrites, and they're just a bunch of uh, liars and deceivers. But the traditionals, but, you know, they get kind of nutty too. So just no, to it's not know. about it's not about the nuttiness. It's just like I'm never going to be pro-murder, and you'll never be. Able no, to no, 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 no. I'm just saying, like the traditionals, they have like they have some beliefs that are kind of messed up too. It's uh, like both of them. Yeah, do. yeah. I mean, I'm not saying they don't. But the idea, the, the, the but I would take the traditionalists over them. But. I would take the traditionalists somewhat over. I, I don't really care anymore. It's not. I don't go to church because of traditional, non-traditional is not important to me. But <laughs> like, you know, no, I'm saying for me personally, like it's not yeah, about okay. that. Like it's it's about a personal okay. journey for me. But there is a uh, huge blow up that's going to happen with the fall of religion that you know Nietzsche was talking about or Jung has talked about too where it's going to be replaced with something like science is now the new religion where oh, shit. you know climate change extremists are shutting down streets doing this that or the other like they always be they're always doing that but these type of people now have reached almost a hegemonic state where there is Everyone's on the same page, and all these t people control our institutions, control our government and the bureaucratic state, and they want change, and they will get it at any cost. Mm -hmm. And that's where we are, I think. But, it, but we'll win. It just will be not easy. I, yeah, I mean, I don't know. I guess we're going to find out. I think it's about quality of life. What gives people the better quality of life and that will actually at the end of the day all bullshit aside 
Yeah. All all nebulous belief aside, whether you believe you're a, you're a secularist or you're into religion or whatever, you're a tr- more traditional person or mm-hmm. a more secular person, I think it's going to be what provides people the better quality of life. That's really what people will respond to because you're not going to get everybody and to that's, agree. And that's why that's why they will go to hell. They will go to hell. Okay. They will. <laughs> you know, like that's that's what the devil does. He offers you comfort and and creature comforts to no, but if you deceive have, you, man. If you have great a, to see. Yeah, but if you have something that offers, but you people, watch stuff. If you watch stuff in HD, you're going to hell. That's <laughs> yeah. just Blu-ray. You think too clear? Done. No, yeah. I don't think it necessarily has to be a negative thing. It's the same thing with everything. What provides the better argument? That's like would a be gun. A, would be a way to like frame the 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 situation the country's in, right? <clears throat> what provides the better argument? And by better argument, I mean what provides people a path to success, happiness, etc. And one will win out over the other because it's going to be really obvious. It's going to be really obvious, I, and that's I, gonna, that, that is that is ultimately what people care about at the end of the day. Well, uh, yeah, I mean, sure, yeah. I mean, I don't, I, I don't think that's as I don't, I don't disagree, but I'd also uh, don't agree at all. Just basically, <laughs> well, the, the set, you can't say I don't disagree. <laughs> no, I but think I, also I think, don't agree at all. No, I agree with <laughs> you on certain levels of it, but where I disagree with you is like, yeah, for the people who are comfortable, for the people getting screwed. You know, like those are the people that <clears throat> yeah, will the, always like that. That is going to happen on a much broader scale. Yeah, you're you know, and, and the people that are systems. getting screwed, they're going to see two sides of coin. I know this is oversimplification, just for the sake of conversation, but like they're going to see two sides. They're going to see which one gives them a pathway to success and less pain. Right. Okay, that like people have a concept that maybe well maybe if just the government gave us anything everything maybe we had UBI maybe we had universal health care maybe we had all of these kind of gimmies that our lives would be better, but as we're seeing in real time, that is not necessarily true. So people are getting well, to experience it for the first time in real tangible reality. Yeah. What those did you see the mean. new Project Veritas drop? <laughs> Is there yeah. another one? No, I didn't. Yeah, yeah, they just dropped one tonight. No, on, I definitely uh, didn't see it then. No. On on uh, Phil Murphy, the governor Phil Murphy, he's running for election, re-election. Uh, and who is he the governor he, of? New Jersey. New Jersey. Okay. Governor of New Jersey, and that fucking they, asshole. They got all their like workers, like like a few of their workers, uh, <laughs> on tape saying that he's waiting to issue vaccine mandates until the election's over because he would lose independence. If he issued vaccine mandates, well, I mean that's it's it's possible that I'm sure that's the scuttlebutt around the office. I I don't know. I mean it's possible. Obviously, no, let's say it's like no, his top. Sean, people. that's a hundred percent true. J D Martinez no, is I think I'm, is her name, and she's like one of the top people on. No, I'm not. Like, I, I'm not whatever. suggesting that they wouldn't do it. I'm assuming that's what they're talking about that internally. Of course they do. That's all they care about is optics. It has nothing to do with yeah. fucking reality. I mean, if I was running, like, wouldn't you want to care about that too? No, because if you thought that you, if you really believed vaccine mandates would save people's lives and this is what we need to do to get back on track and get this country back together and get the economy wide open and get back to life as it was, then you would just do it. But they don't think you, that. Or what if, they don't believe well, it. What if, they, it's like when you see Obama talking about fucking climate change and then goes by a mansion on the fucking water, like on the ocean. They don't believe in it. They don't believe it. They don't believe it. This is just No, I know they don't believe they it. Say. But they they could just say this. They could just say, Well, 
yeah, we weren't going to release it because we were afraid we're going to lose independence. And the reason why we did that is because we know that once we get in, we can't enforce it anyways. And then we're going to be there for so many more years. So we'll be able to do more great things. That's also a possibility if you think about it in the long term. <laughs> but then that also is just about their political power. It has nothing to do with yeah, I know, I know, being that. I know. efficacious. Yeah. It has nothing to do with like trying to save people. Like I said, it's just political yeah. power. And that's well, what this has about- all been about. This is what it's all about. Oh, it's always about that. 9-11, everything. Like, well, anytime there's a there's a mass tragedy or something <clears throat> awful happens in the country that affects the country as a whole, they that's what happens. It's about that's why it's so important to push back against things that set precedent to that normalizes things. If we didn't have a federal yeah. government, we'd never had this problem. But you know, it's uh no, we probably would have. But there's there's enough to say that at least if he's planning on doing it, the people should be made aware. No, I agree with that you. If, that, right? you, know, yeah. you know, so like that it's good information to have out there. I guess they got another video dropping here soon. So that's cool. Yeah, you know, that's the kind of work um, that's important for them to do is like public officials, people that are in like elected officials holding back their cards, not being honest with their constituents, having mm-hmm. scheming behind the scenes. Yeah. People should fucking know that. Yeah, I, I think I think the Pfizer stuff was just as important to me personally. Hey, how how do I know these uh, Veritox videos like aren't just fake? That's a good question, Michael. It is a good question. Well, uh, always... well that's been. It, I'm sorry. That that's been handled in court multiple times, and oh, they would okay. they would they would have been sued. They would have been constantly sued if these things weren't on the record and true. Um, they have as to all the like you know the media, the smears and everything. It's not. It's just not true. <clears throat> They have put out things that you could argue is like questionable when it came to like the mail-in ballot stuff during the election. There might have been a little questionable. Well, I think everyone could say that was a little maybe soon, but it was a chaos time and people were trying to get information out. I, th- I mean, I think and I and like, you know, I, I appreciate Project Veritas uh, for the most part, but I think they want to just be treated. They're fighting to be treated like every media outlet and every investigative yes, journalist is treated. As, that's what they want. They're, they, they're not asking as they for, should be. And I agree with you. And I totally agree with you. Yeah. But as we were talking about before, like you gotta be wary of things that is, I've heard this term recently. It's called confirming your priors. Be wary of things that confirm your biases because you don't, framing is important. What you do include and don't include is very important. into the way yes, that stories yeah. are framed. And it's just something to be conscious of. I'm not suggesting that whether it's right or wrong or whatever. I'm just saying as a person, it's a good practice to have. Sometimes you just like, okay, I'm going to sit with this for a little bit. Let me think about it. Let's see if there's Mm -hmm. anything else I can check out pertaining to this. Just to make sure you're not jumping into the the pool without realizing what's in the pool. Yeah, I think think everybody should do that. That's like, you know, Mike Mike and his dumb opinion on John Gruden at first, and then he changed it. Thank God. No, I'm kidding. (laughs) Uh, but it, it's, I don't know. There's enough to be said that the media is not really investigative journalists anymore. They're not really doing any like hard critical reporting for the most part. It's coming from the fringes and, uh, project Veritas as cheesy as it may be sometimes, uh, it's uh, important work and it's going to, this is what we need, you know, and this is why they go after people like James O'Keefe and Julian Assange and Edward Snowden. Uh, and now Darren JB because they're a threat to their power. They're a threat to them. And uh, 
I think these are the people that we need to support and prop up and continue sharing and continue doing it because at the end of the day, James O'Keefe's got an amazing voice. And I don't know if you him hit sing him had him sing uh I think it's like Home on the Prairie or o- oh, something oh, yeah. Oklahoma. Okay. Whatever it's called. What's that Oklahoma's famous one? The, the famous Broadway play. Oklahoma. Is that just Oklahoma? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Cause like like he came out like show he's like tunes. This guy's a, this guy's a gay. He's a secret. It was guy. pretty funny. He's honestly got like a great voice, like a fucking amazing voice. I was super shocked. Who doesn't these days? Come on. No, I'm serious, man. Like you, you'd be like, oh, okay. Oh my god, like, he's got the voice of a goddamn angel. Like like singing Ness and Dorma and stuff. You're like, oh, okay. Like you got it, dude. You're fucking killing it. But uh, anyway, anyway. So besides that, the world is fine. It will march on. No, I think it's, you know, I've gone to Atlanta a couple times recently. It's pretty encouraging. <clears throat> it's pretty much, even in Atlanta. You, you didn't, have to, even you didn't at, have to show your pass? Well, I was going to get into this. I met, I wanted to talk about it when we were talking about this stuff before, and then we just kind of moved on. But so I went to a concert. Most places you go, nobody gives a shit. Nothing is enforced. Nobody says anything to anybody. The concert was slightly different in the sense that... um. Uh, they definitely were. You see, like the pot when like petty people get authority. Oh, you know I hate what I'm saying? That so, so much. like, like because you know, because they definitely they they checked they were checking IDs and they were checking uh, vax cards, and you could even see a difference in the staff. Some staff really didn't care. Other staff were like had a hard on, like looking at your like looking at the card, looking at your name, looking at your face, like. Just fucking, just so over the top, and then and it, like, and honestly, I felt so gross about it. Like, I'm never gonna fucking do that again. I might even you know, burn the card just on principle because I felt so disgusting. I just felt so disgusted with myself. I was just like, this is so fucking gross. This is so gross that this is happening. You right felt now. like a fucking sheep Dude, led, actually, being led to the slaughterhouse. I, my my wife made that joke. She's like, I feel like we're being corralled to be like fucking murdered. <laughs> Cause it's so weird. It's so oppressive. Like really seeing it face to face is actually a really good experience to have in the sense that really saw it for what it was in a I'm way. I'm sure people felt the same way when ideas first showed around. Why can't I have a fucking beer dude just to go fucking, you know, what the fuck? Like well, what the fuck? This, it, this was ridiculous. And I agree. It's so clearly, I agree. it's so clearly performative and nobody there. No, none of the concert attendees gave a shit because they were like trying to tell people like we were going through like the metal detectors and stuff. This yeah. big dude, he's like, "Put your mask on, dude. Put your mask on." I was like, "All right." Put my mask on, walked through the metal detector, just fucking took it off, waved it at him, and just kept walking and got in line. And nobody said a fucking word. And we went in there. I was in a room with probably five thousand people. Not a single person, like maybe three people wearing a mask. You waved it at the big security guard. Why would you do that, Sean? Because fuck that guy. Even and what did he say to you? Was he pissed no, off? Nothing. He didn't say shit. I just kept walking. I just kept walking. I was yeah. high as fuck, Mike. I was stoned out of my mind. I, I can't <laughs> believe like you waved it at him though. Oh yeah, <laughs> fuck that guy, dude. It was so stupid because you could see other people <clears throat> beside me going through different metal detectors, no masks. I see people on the other side, no masks. This guy's just being oh. a hard on. That's what I mean about petty tyrants. This petty yeah. bullshit. They can assert their authority for a moment, makes them feel good or something. Like they're oh, keeping I everybody hate that safe. So much. 
What happens if the guy just really cared about his job? Just really liked doing his job. Oh, that's really a, to do so. I dude. I did. I was like, here you go, buddy. Put it on. Walk through his part. Took it off. And then and then you got to be a jerk to him. Just a guy doing his job. That's okay. I'm okay with being a jerk to him. Wow. Wow. <laughs> I'm okay it's with completely, that. I'm okay completely with, disrespectful was, to the man's okay. authority, Sean. I'm disappointed. <laughs> I was okay with being a jerk to him because it was so obviously ridiculous and performative. Like there were I other guess people. It would, like, it that's would what be, I'm talking about. There was no even continuity with the staff. Some of the staff didn't give a shit. They just were like. So, right, what, so would you? Would it have made you feel better if everybody was forced to wear a mask? No, I don't even know if I could have handled it. Honestly, it would have been. No, too I'm much. just saying. So, like, if they would have been like, you can't even enter if you're not wearing a mask, and, and they're like, you, and you have to you wear them the entire time. Find. Or, you, or no, they throw you out. Well, like, we, hey, if you get seen yeah, without a already, mask, you get thrown out. We had a well, because <clears throat> they have like a policy, just like everywhere. It's like restaurants, public venues. You know, if you're eating something, you're drinking something. So I was like, oh, we'll just go buy a bottle of water. Well, that is so fucking stupid. But it, well, no, uh, it was stupid, but like, it was nice to see. I mean, these are people from all over the country because there's a big music festival going on in Atlanta, Shaky Knees Festival. It's like a three-day-long thing. And we saw Modest Mouse the night before they were playing uh, at Shaky Knees. So we went to see like a very kind of a small, intimate were show. Were they good? Oh, it was a great show. Yeah, we were right uh, right at the front of the stage. I saw the pictures, yeah. yeah. We were right there. Saw everybody clear as a bell. Wait, made eye contact with Isaac Brock a few times. Hell yeah, hell yeah. And uh, you're like, my son, my son is named after you. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I yeah, should have. No, but you should have. You should have held a sign that said, my son's, I named my son after you. Like, it was, it was cool. other than like having to do that, which is just, I don't know. I don't, to be honest with you, I really don't feel good about it felt like i really compromised myself don't feel dude good i'm about telling it. you get One, rid of the government you're almost 1000 percent did not feel good about it but i had you're almost there. i did have i feel like we're on i feel like that when i go into a, a gas station with my mask on i'm like fuck well i don't even but, do, i don't do that anymore if nobody you, asks me, don't do if nobody asks no. me i just don't care i don't, I don't yeah. do it anymore but i used to feel like that when it was kind of like i knew this was all bullshit but the rest of the world didn't Era, yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> which was which was Mike after five days yeah, of the pandemic. Say, oh, uh, we're good. Oh, oh, we we're good. Can. We made it. We made it, guys. Congrats. <laughs> I'm going back to life. And honestly, you know, I think this entire thing is. Uh, I can't believe it's still not over. Uh, like I, think I can't believe like people I, are still playing these games. I don't know, man. Everybody was bitching about it. Like I mean, you know, which is whatever. Everybody does that. They you still do it and you complain about it. I understand the the hypocrisy in that. But it was at least good to see people like, oh fuck this, like fuck that. What are you talking? Did about? Modest Mouse stay apolitical or did they get political? They didn't get political at all, dude. That was a two hours of music. Solid. Good, dude. I'm, I'm happy to hear. It. Fucking twelve thirty at night. Awesome. Got out of there around two thirty. Thank God, Sarah got us a hotel that was literally like a two-minute walk from the. And you guys room. were was a standing room. Oh yeah. Oh man, yeah, your dogs were barking, huh? No, it, I did. It wasn't too bad. It wasn't too bad. No, no. Well, oh. we were just well, walking around, the, like walking around the excited. city all day. I was excited. What do you mean? No, I was saying you were like, oh, I'm excited to get back to the hotel. I guess. It was oh no! At the late. end of dude, at two thirty in the morning, I have been high and drinking all day, and like fucking, I was ready to go to bed. Like. <laughs> It's yeah, like, it was a good but time. I'll tell you what, man, very quick two hours. Like I was really surprised and it was cool. I met like a lot of, uh, I guess you'd call them modest mouse super fans, some real odd people that were like, yeah, dude, I saw him in Asheville last night. I was like, Asheville, isn't that like seven hours from here? 
He's like, yeah, dude. Fucking saw him last night. Hopped in the car this morning, and now I'm here. And I'm going to see him in oh, Shaky Knees tomorrow. Dude, they were, like, getting a following. That's awesome. No, dude, there yeah. was, like, a lot. There was a bunch of people. Because we, we got in perfect. We just timed it perfectly. We were in the, the group of, like, probably the first, like, 70 people let in. And we went to the bar. People hadn't filled in yet. People were figuring out where they wanted to go and get drinks and stuff. So we were able to just go straight to the front and just post it up. And uh, yeah. it was awesome. Yeah. But then you were there with the super fans. So you had to like <laughs> people having like a religious Dan showed experience. me modest mouse. It was yes, fu- I it, did. It was a fun I show, did. dude. Yeah. Well, I'm glad you got to go out and to live, even though you had to be a sheep. I did. I, have to, I had to be a fucking. I, saw, I was sitting there. Like, so like, was it like, and the, the truth is, do you really think this is it? Do you think this is the end of it? Like they're finally going to let it go? I think, well, I think. If a city like Atlanta, which is no surprise because it's like uh, in terms of relative to like how a lot of like the general a lot population of, black of the black people a lot are. Of, a lot of like, black people. They don't give a yeah. shit. They don't give a fuck, dude. Everybody's dude. Atlanta's kind of wild. Like people fucking smoking weed. The whole city just reeks like weed no matter where That's you awesome. go, no matter what time it's of America. day it is. Um, but yeah, nobody cares. Nobody gives a shit. I mean, I feel bad for a lot of the staff because a lot of the staff, they're, they have to wear masks and shit. But if you're Fuck just them. a pa- if you're just a patron, dude. I mean, most of the staff they got to pull down and shit, but they have to wear them. It's clearly that they have to wear. Then them. that then that fucking asshole security guard comes around because they don't want to get narked on. They're like, <laughs> "Fuck, man, I got to put this shit up." Guy's just doing his job, guys. Yeah, That's all I'm saying. He's just doing, doing his, his job. job. He's a big yeah, fella, he's, too. He's a big guy. Well, you know, there big are scary big people looking out dudes there. in a big black trench coat with his big long hair. You know, he looked like meatloaf. You know, you know what's great about living alone? I am always the biggest man in the house. I'm always, I'm always dominant. Of my I'm mind. always big dick. I'm always around. I have the biggest dick in my house. I have the biggest balls in my house. I have the most, the nicest body in my house. I have the great taste, greatest food in the house That's to me. True. That's true. It's only for me. No for a, pressure. For a couple more years, I'll have the biggest penis in my house, but that's only a matter of time. Only a matter of time. For that Only chance. a matter of time. <laughs> um, but yeah, Dune, cool. Dune, dude. All right, well, so Fucking let's yeah, let's talk let's about it. let's talk about Dune. So if everybody, we probably, we're going to talk freely. We're just going to talk spoilers or whatever. Um, if you guys want to give your first, just give your thirty second impressions, and then we'll get into spoilers and stuff. So, Michael, what did you think without really talking about it? What are your general thoughts about Dune? Uh, I liked it. I thought it was pretty good. I mean, I think like that book. I've been reading it, so there's like a ton of stuff in there. So oh, yeah. I think. You know, they did a. I think they. I think it was they. You know, they brung in as much as they could without making it. Like are you reading Dune? Hours. You're reading Dune right now. Yeah. Yeah. It's a what pretty. Page are you oh, yeah. It's a pretty faithful adaptation. What What page are what? you? On? What page? I'm on like uh, chapter three. So. Oh, so know. you're pretty new into it. Okay. It's a yeah, long. Yeah. Well, I had to read the. Um, like I read like uh, what is the the appendix and stuff? They because they have like an own little language almost. Yeah, all the names of the places and the yeah, stuff. and what they mean, and sometimes they like say things, whatever it is. It's the, a very um, dense book. Oh yeah, yeah, look at that monstrosity. No, yeah. So Mike, what'd you think? You liked it. Uh, I liked it. Yeah, I thought it was pretty good. Are you excited so, to see the rest of the story someday? Yes. Okay. Damn. Okay. What Damn. about what was the score? What score did you give it? Yeah, out of five stars, what would you give it? Out of ten, I'd give out. it a four and a half. Four and a half. Okay. Wow. Yeah. High that's praise. Yeah. All right, Dan. Oh. What are your general thoughts on Dune before we get into spoilers? It was good. 
I enjoyed it a lot. I know some people complained about the pace. I actually thoroughly enjoyed the pace of the film. I thought the acting was great, uh, except Jason Momoa. Uh, he sucks. Um, and uh, yeah, I would, I would, I, I'm with Mike. Four and a half, like four, four and a half, like in that range for sure. I, I mean, I, I just, I like slow movies. I really enjoy slow. Really, I thought it just was. Yeah, like that's just kind of my my type of film. You know, beautiful Scott. It's a beautiful movie. So beautiful. Yeah, it's massive. It's massive. Yeah. Um. So I have read the book. I read it a couple years ago. Um. I have watched Beta. it. I've watched it almost three times. I've well, I started it again today to check it out. Yeah, I almost watched it three times, and I have liked it more every time I watched it. So it went from like a three to a four. Yeah. Like, cause when I first watched That's it, I was like, good. I was like. I was like, you know, I liked it. I thought it was like big and impressive, and I liked a lot of the performances. I loved the scale yeah. of it. I loved the direction, but I couldn't tell if it successfully told its story because I had read the book, and I automatically fill in all the gaps, right? So I couldn't tell. But so the, I watched it with Sarah last night, and I just was really—I don't know what it was. I just really zoned in on it, and I fucking loved it. Like I was—I really loved it. Like the third time yeah. I watched it. It got better every time because once you can kind of get past trying to pay attention to the plot and you're just kind of enjoying the cinematic experience of it, it's awesome. It's so like the score, the sound design, like, Oh yeah. Dude, I literally, I was super fucking high and I just said, I put like, I had on like 15 or 20 Yeah. and I was like, I'm just going to go until like a sound. And then I just went until it went to like, I'm like 50, 75, 100. Okay. I'm at a hundred. Dude, my tech full max. Complete dark in my house, sitting completely centered in the TV, like right in the center of the couch, just sitting there, just stoned. And I was just like, "This." I didn't. I only looked at my phone the one time I texted Sean in the entire uh, film, and I was just sitting there. I was like, "Yo, dude, this." It was, it was great. Jason Momoa's character—he he sucked. Okay, he was okay. He wasn't the best, but he was the worst actor in that movie. He was the worst thing I did. I didn't like him. The only thing I didn't like. Yeah, about, I, like, would, I would agree that he was, he the, was the weak link. It was like kind of like. You don't really throw me as the, like, he just didn't have the, mm, you know, that was like, you're just Aquaman in a different suit and you're just <laughs> not the guy. I mean, he's a little bit like, you know, if you re- when you read the book, like Duncan Idaho, Idaho is supposed to be kind of a roguish type dude like that. No, I'm just talking his acting. That's no, it. It's yeah, nothing to do with the flat. character and the development. He, he's just like, he's right. One he's, note. Like, he's one note. Hey, guy. Oh yeah, man, you can trust me. You know, like there's just like like really nothing in there. It felt like I was like I don't know. It's just, I didn't. But the guy that played the Duke, the main, uh, the not the kid, the uh, the Duke, father Duke of Atreides. Our, our, yeah, Duke Atreides, dude. That dude was fucking awesome. Oscar that Isaac. dude, dude. When he said that shit to his son, the first time when he goes, you know, because like he's there standing on that flowery hill, whatever, at his father's grave. Or that grassy hill, and he, you know, they're talking. He's like, "Dad, I just don't know if I can be." And he goes, "Well, when the time comes and you decide to give your answer, whatever it may be, it doesn't matter, because the only thing that matters is that you're my son." Yeah, and I was like, "Yeah, (laughs) my dad's dead." I was saying no, but it was that was actually the best line in the movie. Well, because I thought because Duke was really good. Atreides exudes strength. Regardless, it doesn't matter. Oh, he's just a dude, powerful we- person. He's so confident. 
uh, there's one thing that like okay everybody we're in spoilers now so we're just going to talk freely but uh that was one thing i wish that the movie had um not had ended before it ends in the movie because they do like they they like the logical conclusion to me for this arc of the story, this part of the story, if you're going to do like... Yeah, half, remember, I don't know the second half, so don't <laughs> fucking I'm not ruin gonna, the second no, half. No, I'm not, not going to ruin the second right. half. The moment that Paul Atreides, like to complete his arc for this part of the story, is when he becomes Duke Atreides. And Are you talking about in the in the camp? No, thing? no, no, no. When 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 Duncan Idaho comes down in the Thopter and he finds him and his Jessica, <laughs> him and his mom in the tent. Yeah. Yeah, so right after that, and he like yeah. basically yeah. puts on the ring... He kisses the yeah. ring and he says, "Like that's kind of where I thought the movie should have actually no. ended." No, no, you're because, wrong. You're because wrong. this next part is—I understand why they did it because it gets us to where uh, the next part of the I, story needs to be. But you're wrong. I thought you're that wrong. that's the arc of Paul Atreides is accepting his role as being no. like part of a lineage. No, you're wrong. I'm not. You're wrong, wrong and you're so damn wrong because I haven't finished the rest of the book. But I would tell you why you're wrong, Sean. Okay, all right. Even though you have more knowledge and context with me. He does not, just because he gets the ring and he decides to be... No, that's not the moment. The moment where they should have stopped it. I think I think it's close. I think I think they got it right. I really do. But when he fucking... Rise... When they rise. Rise up. When he's doing that, that fucking duel to the death with the fucking guy. And he finally becomes the leader. Like, he makes the hard decision. He's never killed a man. He broke. He went from boy to man. Okay, because having fair. the monarch like that to me, when I felt that moment, because obviously in his in his mind, when he has this like little possessive like dream states, like his uh, not illusions, his, uh, his visions of the future, his, his prophecy. Yeah. Although, what you if you're paying attention, you see that they're backwards. They're, well, they're, they're no, backwards. they're not backwards. They're potential realities. Mm, I always thought like it was like showing him like this what could happen if you it, it, no, well that's you know. what I'm saying like because he sees himself die he also before, the guy that he fights at the end he has a vision of him where being his friends and yeah. him him being his desert guide like yeah and then that but that's not the reality he ends up and he also has sees a vision of him saving Duncan Idaho that doesn't happen because yeah. he sees Duncan yeah. Idaho in the desert Mm. a lot of interesting stuff going on that's what yeah. i was like i was like i don't know what people that haven't read the book like how much of I that stuff is obvious because it skims for some, it goes so fast the, the way i took it very short very quickly is that i thought it was him like this is like showing the opposite of what happened like this is like it's kind of tricked like his brain is trying to trick him or something so that he has to confront fear like, cause the whole thing is about fear. So I was thinking, like, oh, fear is oh like, killer, like yeah. his his subconscious is going to show him that he's going to die in this battle, and he has to rise above it. Like that's the hand in the boxing. You're going to have to experience great pain when it's not really him dying. There's the great pain is taking the life of another man, but still acting out the same type of courage it takes to, <laughs> like, because because like in his dream state the guy reaches and holds him his hand as he dies and yeah. he does the same thing as like that was he was still the teacher he was still the prop like he still taught him that one lesson oh for sure as like as two combatants come together and they would ones they're bo both gonna leave this cage this battleground but what they're both gonna leave with honor well that's one of the and things like, that um, you know. that is the effects of the spice is about like clairvoyance and um, you see that in the character of Paul Atreides, and that's what gives him insights too. 
Like, so even if he sees a vision of himself dying, it might tell him what he shouldn't do. Like, and the spice is also fucking with his head. Well, that's what I know, but that's what I mean. It makes him like kind of, it makes people, but it makes anybody. It's like uh, the doctor, UA, the guy who ends up betraying the Duke and stuff. He says, he's like, it has a psychoactive element. Yeah. Because, I, like, well, I don't, I, it's not really a spoiler, but they don't give it, they don't go into it in the All movie. All right, well, so. yeah, hey, man, just, just like, just let it happen. Let it well, happen. No, just, doing. I, well, I mean, just the nature of what spice is, it's not really a spoiler. It's just like one of the functions of spice that. It, it, oh, it's, it's a trans, transport through space. They explain that. Yeah. And the, do you, but do you know why it allows people to do interstellar travel? Honestly, I don't know. Okay. Because it allows the pilots to see into the future. That's how they can navigate while traveling so fast. Uh, uh, oh, dude, Mike, what was your favorite part of the entire film? If you could pick one scene that you could like almost play on loop, what was one of your favorite parts? Mm. Probably... When him and his mother are, ex- well, they're not escaping, but they get caught, and then they go into the desert. Like, you, that's, when, that's like, the, when they get caught? What do you mean, when they're when, in the, yeah. the helicopter, the thopter, and they use the yeah. voice and stuff? Yeah. 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 My favorite part was is, like, my favorite part. It's, like, such a throwaway incidental thing, and I like it just because of the actor. Stellan Skarsgård plays the Baron, Baron Harkonnen. Oh yeah, and he, it's after he talks to the 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 head of the Benny Gesserit, and she's like basically saying like, yeah, you can kill Duke Atreides, I don't care, but just you can't touch Jessica or Paul. And he's just like, he's like, my desert, my Arrakis, my Dune, and he's like rising up, and I'm like, oh, it's so cool, like just dude, purely it's aesthetic, creepy. Oh, dude, he it is creepy. I, like some people did not like. The Baron in this, I was like, oh, dude, I love the Baron in this. Nah, he's he pretty was, damn good, dude. He was scary. Like when that first, yeah. like, and the way they, when, uh, when uh, Duke Atreides is, he's like in that like frozen state or whatever that like, and he's like in that chair, he's nude. It's such a beautiful oh, that was image. A cool part too, dude. It was it was a beautiful image, but then like when uh, Doctor y- y- Yu or Yay, whatever his U-A. name is, comes in, yeah. U A U A, it's close. And uh, so Dr. Yue comes in, and then, like, he, like, rises in the background. It's all blurry. It is, like, that is, like, a, some demon shit. Did you did you see that part? You know what yeah. I'm talking about? No, yeah, when he's floating across the table, yeah. Like, he's, like, yeah, he's and he get, gets, like, yeah. Sp- if you really look in the background, it, like, they morph him. <laughs> They well, change because, him just slightly. Yeah, they, like, blur it out and stuff. Because, you know, I think part of it's because it might look a little silly. If you were to just show a shot of this fat dude floating it across look, the table, it didn't look. I thought it looked it cool. Didn't look, it didn't look. No, I thought it looked great, but I don't think it looked cheesy when he did it in his. Well, but yeah, because you got the fucking giant room, the light coming down, and he's like rising up. That's yeah, my crazy. desert, my so, Rikers, like, my dune. I fucking <laughs> loved it, dude. I thought I thought that guy did great. He was really convincing as a. This, you know, oh, as, like as, he has got like one of the funniest parts in the movie is when he's got fucking Duke Atreides like paralyzed in the chair naked and he's at the other end of the dinner table and he eats the <laughs> he eats a piece of food. He's like, oh, you have a magnificent k- kitchen cousin. <laughs> oh. It's interesting. They did change his character. They kind of strip a little stuff away because he's like a sadistic gay guy in the in the book. Like, he qu- kills twinks, you know? 
They don't really. Does he do that that in the first movie? No, they don't get into any of that stuff in the in the movie at all. No, I'm talking about the original movie. The original movie? Oh, the uh, the the 1984 David Lynch one? Yeah. Yes, a little bit. It's implied. It's implied. They don't. Yeah, they, they don't ever like get into it, but well, it's, like, it's way more apparent. You, you're like, oh, he definitely likes these little twink dudes. Like, so what you're telling yeah. me is there is a five hour version of this out here somewhere. Well, there is a five hour version. I like. For sure. I hope they do an extended cut because I actually I could watch. I want more with leading up to Luke uh, Duke later or Duke Atreides' death. I want more of that stuff. I liked his character. Yeah, yeah me too. Really, I want like more so of the good. intrigue in the palace about like how they're yeah. they're going behind the scenes, kind of betraying him, and he doesn't really. Yeah, know. that is in the book. Yeah. In the book, it's a way more extended because it's like he doesn't know that he's in danger because he was like, oh, why would the emperor want to do this? But in the movie, they're like right away, like, oh no, the emperor wants to kill you, like right away. Uh, but oh, you know who else was great? Another, I really love the Harkonnens, like uh, Dave Batista. Mm-hmm. He was so good, dude. Oh my god. Yeah, everyone was really good in it. No, except Jason Momoa should have been executed <laughs> in Minecraft after making that movie because I can't stand his performance. I thank God it's not very big, but it's just yeah. enough to be like, ah, just <laughs> fuck off, like just fuck off, like. But I would, I would like to see an extended. Uh, cut. Yeah, I would like to it, see an extended cut. Give it some room to breathe a little bit. You know? I mean, you know, you know, there is a lot more they filmed. Because I, from what I was reading uh, online, if it's true or not, but there, they, it was like four hours. Yeah, I think. And like, I guarantee, there's probably an assembly was, cut. There's probably an assembly cut that's like four and a half hours of everything. No, there was, I guess, like the one that he wanted to show, and he was trying to convince that, like, to they wanted to. <laughs> To do part like to one release, in two parts, <laughs> like maybe I. But I heard that he wanted to do like another immediate release right after. Well, originally, like, back when they were originally gonna do this, like years ago, after uh, he, because he got this before Blade Runner twenty forty nine came out. Blade Runner twenty forty nine comes out, it fucking bombs. It bombs. That's a giant, expensive movie that did not do very well in the box office. So they got a little gu- Warner Brothers made good on their deal with him, but they got a little gun shy because he was supposed to, I think, film the entire thing at the same time and then do have two movies that come out a year apart, but film it all at the same time. And that's not what happened. And they're going to do part two. And I think Denny Villeneuve has a desire to do Dune Messiah, which is the next part. It's interesting. It's it, one of my criticisms of the movie is that it doesn't have doesn't give you time to really like take in a lot of what it's giving you because it moves so fast because it has to. It's got to fit so much in there, and also um, it is half a story. And it feels like half a story. Like it almost like even though I could see that ending coming, like when it was about to end, I just you know, and obviously I was just enjoying it. So you just want more. You're just like, oh, I just want to see the rest of it. Yeah, um, like, but I, like it does feel a little abrupt because you're like, it's just fucking getting going. Like, yeah, it, it, but that's the thing is, what else is he gonna do? I mean, it is like you would have to if Dune, you could make that into probably like a four or five part movie, like well, two done, hours each. Uh, back in the early two thousands, they did a Sci Fi Channel did miniseries. They did a Dune miniseries, and then they did uh, With James McAvoy, right? Yeah. Oh no, James McAvoy's in the second one, Children of Dune. It's the second oh, series. Okay. Actually, if people want to go check it out, there is an HD version on YouTube. 
I think it's the YouTube channel Quinn's Ideas. Mm-hmm. Uh, he has all three or four parts, three or four parts. I can't remember. He has them all up for free HD because it's never been released outside of DVDs back in like 2002. And it's, uh, if you like Dune, it's worth checking out. If you would rather wait for Denny Villeneuve, see that vision of it. I understand that, but I have seen the, I've seen the miniseries and they're very early 2000s sci-fi channel miniseries. But if you can get past that, you will see the story. Are they good? If they're good if, with the caveat that they're sci-fi channel movies from the early 2000s. Like, if you so like no. Dune and you want to see the rest of the story, that would be a way to do it. I don't know. I think I'll wait. I'll be patient. I like the way the... I really did enjoy the, the bigness of it. It really felt like a big movie. Oh, the scale. I mean, it just... they. It's really hard to, to say that I watch this on my television... Almost is probably a sin. No, like dude, it's uh, almost a sin. Like I'm actually, I'm actually gonna go see it in the movie theater. Yeah, if I can because I think screening. it deserves. Yeah. it deserves to be seen on the the, the massive screen. Yeah, if I can, like, if I can swing it, if I can get a screening in before. Dude, it if you want to wait, dude, we can try to. We, we, we oh can shit! Go. Yeah. I'm coming home in a few days, a couple a week or so. So okay, let's let's see. I'll do it, man. Yeah, like let still, me know if, it, know if it's still out. Then yeah, I'll definitely do that. It will be out in IMAX for sure, dude. This is one of the biggest releases. It did okay. It did okay. It didn't, yeah, so it let's didn't go do support as, it. It didn't do as well as like James it's Bond. Because of H, it's because of HBO Max. We all know why. It's because of HBO Max. It's probably partially because of that, but hopefully HBO Max made basically a promise to the director that said it'll be box office, but it'll also be HBO Max numbers because we know this isn't fair. That's like the concession they made with him. They're like, basically they told them, we're going to let you make part two regardless. Honestly, uh, the pandemic situation with the releasing this movie probably saved the movie. I don't know if Dune does a billion dollars. I don't. John, I, was, I was at the gym. People were talking about it. I'm just saying. No, I think. Like, in Alabama, in Alabama, I was at the fucking gym and dudes were in there like, yo, dude, you fucking see Dune? And I was like, yeah, well, man. It's a big I, movie, I watched, isn't it? Well, well, they want it to be a giant movie. They want it to be a franchise. They because there's, there's most, fucking ten books. Like you keep going. Normies, forever. normies were talking about. It. They go like, <coughs> the guy's like, I'm, oh, you know, I didn't like how it ended. It was a little slow, but it was fucking cool. Like they were like, it was a fucking cool movie. I I didn't really. You're gonna have haters. Like I thought actually, not trying to simp or anything, but Tim Pool really did have a funny ass tweet, and it even caught me off guard. He goes, I was, I am. Um, Nothing happens. Goes, I, I walked out halfway. <laughs> Yeah, hour in, and it, no, did he say hour in? Yeah, he said that. He said oh, nothing happened. We just left after an hour. And then he did a follow up tweet. It was a oh really? It, oh, it, I thought he was kidding. It made, no, about it, it half, made the rounds. Halfway through. No, it made the rounds. Like people screen capped that and were dunking on him kind of a little bit. Wait, uh, really? See if I can find it. It was from no shit. Why? Because he was that much of an idiot to say something like that. <laughs> oh, I thought he was kidding. This guy does not. Respect, is that why he doesn't respect cinema? This is a guy who. Constantly talks about Marvel movies. I'm just saying. I was I was, I was kind of. Uh, let me see here. Okay, I here it we was go. A joke. Here we go. This is October 24th. Dune yeah. was so painful to watch that we just walked out halfway through. It's still right. better than the Last Jedi. Nothing was happening. It took an hour to give us a story that could have been five minutes. I kept falling asleep. Yeah, you don't get the joke. He walked out halfway through. It's a halfway of a movie. That was the joke. 
That's what he's saying. He didn't say he walked out in an hour. It took an hour to get the story. Could have. He may not like it, but that's what I was like. It took. I was sitting there going like, "No, I think oh, that's being, a good. That's a good." I think he's being. No, literal. isn't there three? I think. I think isn't the, there three. I, I think the follow-up tweet makes this one literal. The first one. I think nothing was happening. It took an hour to give us a story that could have been five minutes. I kept falling asleep. I mean, they're within three minutes of each other. That's what I'm so saying. It's not like I'm saying no, his, his, his follow-up tweet makes the 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 first one. Dune was so painful to watch that we just walked out halfway through. It's still better than last. I'm Jedi. just saying. I get what you're saying. A, I get what you're saying. That would have been a good troll. It would have been a good troll tweet though, because he never commented on it again. No. So I'm yeah. just saying that if that that would be if it is true, because I took it as him trolling. I can understand that, but I think the right. second tweet makes it seem like he just didn't like it and walked out. He thought it was boring. But then again, that's the. That would be the crisp of the troll. He needs that Marvel. Like, he needs that you know, Marvel juice. He needs like some. I, I, yeah, I don't. I, I don't understand. I don't understand how anyone couldn't like it. Honestly, like you're retarded. If that, then Tim would be retarded. I would. You, I would unsub from Timcast immediately. Did you? Done. What did you? Did you guys ever watch Blade Runner 2049? Either yes. of you ever watch that? Oh, yeah, just, I've watched it. Did you? What, but it's been a while. Did you like it? Yeah, I liked it because it's got the same. I, I liked it's, it. it's got a very similar kind of vibe tone. And atmosphere tone yeah. like the bigness of it also the sparseness yeah. of it as well that was one criticism i i kind of agreed with a little bit they're like they feel like it's a world that's uninhabited like you don't get enough time to see like how arrakis actually operates because yeah it's how always people live. how they live and stuff because it's always dealing with like this very high level politics but i mean that's uh, the book is the kind of the same way this is, I'm sure we're gonna get all into it in Dune Part Well, because there's in way more stuff in the book about the preciousness of water and how important that is to the people of Arrakis. Because like you have to yeah. be like high nobility to have water. That's why it's such a big deal when the guy's watering those ancient palm trees or whatever. And they're like, yeah, this is like enough for a hundred lives. Every tree or, or no, day, all, all five, day. all five trees <laughs> is enough water for a hundred lives. It's 20 trees is 20 trees. Sean's 20 trees, 10 on each side. Okay. Okay. There you go. Respect for the, the people's beliefs. So that's um, like the only time yeah. they really mention it. But in the book, there's all this stuff like people, you know, when, when Duke Atreides comes and like people want to see the new leader and kind of test them out. Will he give us water stuff like that? Like there's a little bit more of yeah, like, well, the population. The- him trying to Duke Atreides trying to figure out what it means to be a leader on Arrakis. Yeah. But that's, that's what I kind of said. Like the movie, it did a decent job at like kind of, because there's so much in Dune, what I've read so far that it would be hard to, no, it'd be hard to, but that's what it's a talk about everything. It's a very faithful adaptation that feels like there's just chunks taken out of it because they can't do everything. Yeah. But then I was, I was curious, like what people that hadn't read the book with, if it would make sense because I can see where they're just like lifting shit out. And then, I mean, honestly, and sometimes there's me, no, there was no connective tissue. Well, I can see some of it, but not all of it. Cause I haven't read yeah, it. All. Cause you haven't read it all. I, I can say as a person who's never read the, the book, never saw the original movie. I tried and I fell asleep. Um, I, it was fine. I connected with it and <clears throat> just fine. Like I had no problem with any, I didn't feel like I do agree that, it's maybe hastily in the beginning. It's just kind of like get here, do this, oh, this, explain yeah. this, do that, and then get. But when the movie really opens up on uh, Arrakis, I think I think it accomplishes that. Yeah, fine. the first like forty five minutes is all exposition, and I don't mean anything is bad because I think it's necessary. I don't know how else you do it. Like 
having Paul Atreides like watch a video about Arrakis and have that be the way we like get the information. I mean, maybe that's a little clunky. Maybe you could have just fit that into dialogue with one of his teachers or something. I don't know, but I thought it was perfectly serviceable in that respect. You get the information you need to know to like kind of get your bearings for the world you're about to experience. And uh, I, I, I never really felt confused. I never really felt lost. I never really felt like I didn't understand what was going on, the political games, um, and you know the stuff with the the Bene Gesserit or whatever they're called. Like the, those, like I felt like that was all pretty outlined, pretty pretty. Well, I was, pretty I was really happy that they they actually spent more time with the Bene Gesserit than I thought they would because I I was like, oh, I wonder if they're gonna go like the action spectacle route. Because the Benny Gesserit stuff is so important to like, yes, the larger Dune world, like <coughs> what Dune is really about, like what the real subtext. That's why it's interesting when I was reading reviews of people that had not read the book and making claims about it being like a another white savior story. It's a uh, it's interesting because they're not they don't they also didn't seem like they were really paying attention either, but. It's uh, there's a lot of stuff that goes in there about ideology and belief and the levers of power and people working in the back, skulking in the shadows like the Benny Gesserit do, like kind of moving people like chess pieces. Like I love the line with Charlotte Rampling, who's like the head Benny Gesserit chick, the one that tests Paul. And she's like, uh, yeah. she's like, we make plans in terms of centuries. Like we don't worry. Yeah, about she's the God, the truth sayer. Yeah, we don't we don't worry about like these little flights of fancy we don't care about your life we think about things in centuries yeah like they ordered jessica to have a girl and she was yeah like, and which is an interesting thing and it's not in the movie so i don't think they're gonna do it but in the in the book the reason why they're mad at jessica for having a boy is because yeah. they originally wanted paul to be a girl so that paul could or the the girl version of paul could marry a harkonnen and that would actually maybe be the prophet like the prophecy fulfilled Mm-hmm. But Jessica, but, but the, Jessica takes it upon the, herself to say, like, no, I don't need to do that. Because she talks about it like we've been crossing bloodlines for thousands of years to try to produce this person. Yeah. Uh, well, well, the Bene, the Bene Gesserit uh, can control XY chromosome. When they, so yes, she decided yes, to have yeah. a man. She decided yeah. to have a boy because she believes yeah. that she had... She was going to produce the. Right. the yeah, I, I have the evidence on the, my side. I, I can't completely I, believe. Have what, you met this man? I can't remember He's the name. It's like the, the Quasaric Hadish or something, like the name of the 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 savior or whatever yeah. there was going to be. Here's uh, yeah. The here's this is probably a dumb question, but I don't know it, so I'm going to ask it. Why? Why does the emperor want to kill them after putting them there? Because because. I was, I, as, well, I mean, I'm not disappointing to the I wanna, movie. I want to hear your speculation. Yeah, what do you think? Uh, the, my speculation, the Emperor wants to kill it because the Atreides is a very powerful family. Um, they have a good leader, and it seems like Paul would be taking on... Like, that's the kind of the vibe that they make you feel anyway. Like, to me, like the Emperor must perceive the Atreides as some strong standing threat. That's why, you know, well, then, when they allude... Hmm? No, I was gonna say that's yes, you, you're correct. Like they, he wanted he he basically sends them there to die, knowing that the Harkonnens would never give up Arrakis, and that it would right. be a big fight because he's a threat to the to the throne, basically. And in fact, yeah. that's one of the reasons why Duke Leto is there. He he doesn't 
like spice is a thing because he needs it for financial stability, but it's really about uh, making concert with the Fremen. He wants the power of the Fremen people because yeah. there he wants him to basically be his army. And he knows that this is a long-term plan that maybe Paul will actually be the one. You know, it's about his name. It's about his legacy. Like his that's legacy. What he, that's what he's thinking. So about. The, he himself is is skulk, uh, sulking through the skulking through the shadows a little bit. But there is, but then again, bringing peace and prosperity to the the Fremen and then also allowing them to be his slave workers, just like we're doing, trying to do with Mexicans at the southern border. It makes perfect sense. Well, that's why um, they, they say the lines and Daya has the that opening monologue with the voiceover, and she's like. Who will be our next oppressor? Like that's part of the subtext of Dune yeah. as a series. Yeah. Is that yep. saviors come and go, kings come and go, but it's the people on the ground that actually feel the weight of the of those things. That's like you know mm -hmm. part of the subtext of the story. War and everything and, and all the stuff and Just conquering war people. control. What you yeah. find valuable is life more valuable. Honestly, that's one of the reasons why uh, Doctor. Leah Kynes, the uh, the lady <coughs> who takes them on the tour, mm -hmm. she actually has sympathy for the Atreides because she sees D uh, Duke Leto uh, save save the people working on the spice mine rather than save the spice. Like that's something she's like, oh, and in the book it's much more like apparent. That's why that character feels that way. It actually makes her turn a little bit from the emperor. Because you're like, oh, this is a good man. This is a, this is a good person, good family. Well, because I, I thought the the foreshadowing was uh, there uh, right from the beginning. The very some of the very first scenes in the movies where, because um, like watching, I was a little confused. I'm like, is this guy giving up his home? Because I didn't know what Atreides was, Ar Arrakis. Like I didn't know, you know. So like I was like, does he have to give up something? And then it comes into picture. But there is the foreshadowing comes from his father or the grandfather of Paul. Where how does he die? He dies fighting bulls. And I think there's something inherent in their blood or like ge genealogical sense where they're alluding to that you're going to take on a great enemy. Yeah. And that like, but this time, Paul will be ready because Atreides learned from his father's mistakes, uh, the Duke anyway, and learned of his father's mistakes and then learned that you can't always fight every bull that, come, that you come across and you have to be a little bit more methodical. And maybe if I'm not in the right position... To take on the bull, I will gather my strength, my resources. Maybe you know, convince him to the emperor to let me go. You know what I mean? Like it kind of. And then Paul would be the unification of those two ideas, those two sides. That's what I saw. I'm a genius, but that's. I, just, got, you know, I wish you guys had finished it. I would love to just talk to you guys about the whole story, but. Uh, maybe I should read it. I don't want. I, I don't want to fuck. You got a couple of years, Dan. You could. <laughs> I could. I could you got stop at least, reading. You got at least two years. Start doing it. You got Maybe I should. Maybe I should. Maybe I should, man. I, I mean, from what I actually really enjoyed the world, I enjoyed the story, I enjoyed everything really about it. And it really pisses me off that George Lucas fucking ripped them off and did it poorly, honestly. Like, did a really bad job of doing it. Well, I mean, take some things. Like, no, 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 no. He did awful job. Well, like, it's, awful. it's Star Wars... Some of Star Wars is like Dune without the subtlety or nuance. It's just like a straightforward adventure serial version of this. But it's almost like George Lucas misunderstood. Like, and it's I can't. It's hard to talk about because you guys haven't don't know the whole story. But he just misunderstands the material in a way that yeah, oversimplifies it. I understand that he's the Messiah of some sort. That's what I know. He's obviously uh, been. He's becoming some sort of like figure, and he, and he <coughs> says to his mother, "He's like." <coughs> 
she's like, you need to get off the planet. And he's like, no, my way is into the desert or whatever. Yeah. My future <coughs> is going to be the some, desert. He's going to be some Messiah. It's cool. You know, oh, but cool. is, or is he Dan or is he? I don't know. You know. I don't know. I would say probably yes. Well, yes, we'll he see. might be. We'll find out. I, I mean, obviously, unless, I think I think he would be the Messiah because this is one of those typical archetypical. It's an archetype. It's like yes. I, to me, it would be stupid. But then, like, because this, listen, unless Villanueva, Villanueva, new whatever his fucking name is, doesn't make the next one, and decided to hire. Nicholas Winding Wren or whatever his Refn. name is, huh? Nicholas Winding Refn. Refn to direct the second one, then I would probably agree with you. If, if it was like, oh yeah, dude, he's no longer the Messiah. It's it's like if because that guy likes to ruin everything that he touches. <laughs> no, it's a, it's just not, it's not a simple story like that. It's not. It's about. It's actually, it plays with the concepts that you're talking about, and it knows what you're saying. The book is aware. It's like self-aware in that way. The story is self-aware. Uh, Frank Herbert was making a much deeper commentary about uh, belief and lineage and loyalty and lots of other stuff. It's a way more. I mean, it's it's just not. It's it's very. In, it's a very interesting take. And I'm glad I can see that the seeds have been set in part one. So I am confident that Villeneuve understands the book. Like he understood the book and what the book is actually about, and it was very apparent having well, read the book. So I was glad. I was happy. I'm excited. I'm, ex happy. I'm excited. I'm excited. I feel like I could get really, really high and watch it again and still enjoy it. So. It, might, it might happen. It might happen. It's yeah. I I think you should. I think you should. You can't just start. The, I was gonna start it before. Like, I started it. Like, I got 10 minutes in. I was like, I can't watch this and break it up. Yeah, you got to restart, dude. Gotta yeah, restart. I'm going to go restart. Like, I was like, because I was like, I'm going to come do this, and I didn't want to watch it only for an hour. Hit the restart so. button. Dude, I'm telling you, that fucking scene, though, the best scene in the film is probably that fight scene at the end. Like, that shit to me was by far the most profound, like, shit in the entire. Like, when he fucking, like, is raw, like, in that voice, that fucking Ben Jesuit chick comes on, she's like, he will rise. Rise up now. And he just fucking like does this cool little move and just like spines, like stabs him in yeah, the spine. Yeah, how about the mother? That lady. We're just yeah, uh, Rebecca Ferguson. She's good oh, actress. and there was, yeah. there, was, there was that moment where like they, they, they're they like she running. She was my favorite. And they get up to the rock and they have to like strip off. And there's this weird moment where she like looks at him when he takes it because he doesn't give a fuck, right? You know, he's a man. Like kind of, he's like becoming a man. And I'm like, is she like getting turned on? There was a little weird moment there, but uh, no. But yeah, I was saying, like, a weird but, moment. <laughs> but she just like I was like, I, I mean, obviously she's in awe, like of him, a man. He's like a man now. Like he's yeah. just seeing him become a man, a true leader. He's taking charge. He's not afraid, you know. Um, and he's meeting all these like expectations and goals. Where a man of his age, I believe he's supposed to be only like what sixteen, probably seventeen. He's supposed to be like, like seven, that. seventeen, eighteen, something like that. Yeah, I thought he was fifteen. In the book, he might Heck. be 15. I think they aged him up a little bit. Yeah. Okay, well, I mean, that's how he's 15. The, in the book, yeah. I mean, this guy's ripped. He's a skinny bastard, but he's ripping. He's like one and, of these, He's like Tom Holland, the Spider-Man kid. He's just going to look like he's 17 forever, and it creeps you yeah, out the older he gets. I figured you were excited to see him in there because of the king. I know you like the king. Oh, I love the king. That was great. And he was very well cast in the king, yeah. 
Yeah, so it kind of I uh, I figured it was a, a thing to make you happy. I don't like people but don't I, like that kid, Timothy Chalamet. I think he's fine. I don't. I don't. I think he's very neutral. There's a very neutral sense about him. I wouldn't say it's like one way or the other. Like I don't think he's he's just not. Which is a pro. It's expressive. It's, it's appropriate the for the character of Paul Atreides, though. Like in the movie, like that's how because it's like a he's like a audience insert character. Like you, they want you to project you yourself onto him and his journey. You know, like so he is kind of an empty vessel a little bit, like emotionally. But also, he's been you know he's he's just confused. He's just a guy. He's gonna change his gender. It's gonna be cool. <laughs> he's We're gonna, all gonna he's be cool, gonna be cool man. As shit, dude. He's gonna shack up with a with a fucking ethnically diverse chick. Zendaya. He's gonna be fucking sick. They're gonna have little mixed race babies. Then they're gonna sacrifice them to the sun gods because that's what you do with mixed race babies because they're dirty. Yeah, that's what we do. What are you gonna, else are you gonna do? There's no, no choice, I'm kidding. Really. Mike. I'm kidding. I'm, I'm kidding. Obviously, because no, Mike's not... sitting there. Hey, hey, man. No. <laughs> Did you guys ever think about the fact that when they're wearing those still suits, that they're constantly like peeing and pooping in there? Yeah, I mean, I guess they are. It does transfer all the yeah. It takes even all the poop. moisture out. It doesn't do poop though. Does yeah. it do poop? Do you think they have like a poop poop bag maybe down. in the back? Breaks it down. Breaks it down and turns no, it into no, water. No, 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 no. You drink your no. own sweat and pee and poo. I don't know if you drink poo though. Does it psych? I don't it does because I imagine what it does. There's probably a receptacle in the back, and then you poop into it, and then it like compresses and takes all the water out of it, and then it probably like just. You know, you, you probably put a little flap and the poop just falls out. You know what I mean? Like, or something. Like, and you hear that that music, the desert music. Uh, <laughs> <yeah>. Lamentation. <laughs> I, I just kept thinking Indiana Jones, too, when I was watching it for some reason. I'm like, dude, if they had the technology to film an Indiana Jones, like. They did, Dan. They did horrible. Epic. So. No, but I mean, like, really go for it. They could make Indiana Jones epic. They did go really go for it. Have you seen Raiders of the Lost Ark, dude? No, you're missing my point with the modern technology. Like they could really go for it. Like I don't make need it even like crazier. Don't, how dare you? I don't Indiana know. Jones is perfect as it is. It is great. Don't get me wrong. I love those movies. I'm just saying. Like I just can imagine. I imagine. like. Well, Maybe I, it would be worse. Maybe it would be worse. I don't like. You couldn't. I don't, I don't even know if you could make a movie like Indiana Jones today. I don't even know if they would allow it. They'd be like, Nah, dude. You yeah. Don't, you don't need Indiana to be- Jones has to be like the way it is. It can't be modern. No, I'm just saying like the direct. The, the, that's the, how the, the books te- are. The books no, are like just, the movies. No, you're missing my the technology. That's all I'm talking about. Like, I know, the technology of filming. Like yeah, the yeah we don't need stuff. it. It fucking yeah, sucks. Yeah, you, you see the that guy King, was doing all that you see shit. Kingdom of the Crystal Skull, dude. No, but listen, that's my that is a problem. Yes, yes. <laughs> Remember when the giant like problem. it gets big because this giant alien spaceship at the end coming out of the it's kind of sick. That movie sucks. <laughs> it does. I actually saw someone rating <laughs> the movies and they put. Temple of Doom is the worst one, and I was like, I wouldn't say that. I don't, I don't, I don't know, I don't agree with that. Is the Temple of Doom when they do Gaudima Shark today? Gaudima Shakti. Yeah, that's my favorite one. Who the hell said that? That guy needs to be punched. My favorite. That's, dude, that's, uh, that's, that's my favorite. That's Ra- my favorite. Raiders of the Lost Ark, Last Crusade, Temple of Doom, Crystal Skull. That's my ranking. Where can you watch those? They used to be on Netflix. Uh, they just. They just had to shut down the production of this one until like 2022 because Harrison Ford, <laughs> Harrison got so Ford fucked keeps up. spraining his ankles. No, no I actually, I heard that he, he hurt himself really bad and they basically had to rewrite the script. Actually, uh, funnily enough, same thing happened on The Force Awakens. He broke his fucking leg coming out of the Millennium Falcon and they had to like reduce his role in the movie. Good, good, good. 
God is trying to tell him something. Stop waking these characters up from the dead. I know. Just, just let leave them it alone. You're 80 years old. Stop. It's not his. I do. I bet he's like, what's another 25, 30 million? You know, what else can I buy if this is my last two good years? And well, honestly, honest- he's like, inflation's coming. I need to invest in gold. <laughs> he's been listening to Alex Jones. Yes. Like, he's a huge Alex Jones guy. <clears throat> that dude's probably into va- like vaccine mandates. Well, he's, he's really five. funny because he reminds us of the director, John Carpenter. He, remember he's, I remember when uh, he was in Force Awakens. And they were doing all the press tour for it. And everybody's like, uh, so Harrison, like, what was it like coming back to Star Wars after all these years? Like, why did you agree to do it? He's like, because they said they'd pay me lots of money. <laughs> like, <laughs> that was his answer. And I think he meant it. Like, he didn't give a fuck. How much do you think he got paid? Uh, oh, a lot of money. A lot. Probably like me, 20 million. You're going to say 20? I'd say probably around 20 million. I think million, more. 18 I'm, I'm gonna 20, say, I think more. 18 to I'm 25. Gonna, I'm going to go say, no, Sean, you can't do that. You said 20. You're at 20. Okay. 18 okay. to 25. Okay. Mike, 20. I'll go give 20. me a number. I'm going to say it was 30. I was going to say 35. That's what I was going to say. How much? Our pay, salary, Harrison Ford. Let's see. But that's the same thing John Carpenter says because uh, they, when they started – making new Halloween movies. John Carpenter directed the original like 1978. And he's like, how do you, how do you feel about like Halloween coming back and being taken seriously again? And blah. He's like, it's great. They, those checks keep coming. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, yeah. $20 million. So Sean was right. Wow. Yeah. John was right on the money. That's a lot of fucking money, dude. That's a lot. But if you include, he also got a cut of the, and it, pro- oh, probably the earnings. He probably had a great back end deal. Did they probably all did? I oh bet you all the original God. cast members did. We were all wrong then, because he with 05 percent of sales yeah. total, he got anywhere between twenty to twenty seven million. Yeah, yeah, on top, yeah. Well, that's like a, you know who had one on of, top one of the best back end deals ever was Jack Nicholson for Batman eighty nine. Jack Nicholson made a deal that Warner Brothers had to pay him every single time the Batman logo was like on anything. He got awesome. a piece of all the toys, all the merchandise, awesome. everything. Still, like still? I don't know if it's still in perpetuity, it's still going on, but I know it was like it was like uh the early 2000s. There's like if you go when they re-released the movies, they put out like the special editions, they had like yeah. little making of, and at that time it was like 2005. Uh-huh. He was still getting it because he was laughing about it in the documentary. That's hilarious. <laughs> that is hilarious. Because all I of his friends that. gave him shit. They were like, they're like, uh, Jack, you're gonna go be in this stupid superhero movie. He's like, listen, you don't understand. <laughs> you don't know the top on this thing. This thing could be huge. Yeah. <laughs> like yeah. he tells the story yeah, about know? it in the like him standing next to one of his friends at the Academy Awards at the urinal and they're talking about it. He's like, You don't know, man. You don't know what the top of this could be. Like yeah. money wise. So yeah. funny. Uh, well, do you know he? Uh, it's like kind of like uh, uh, Robert Downey Jr. Dude got a fucking. He didn't get half a percent. He got like five percent. Like it's something like, ridiculous. Of, and he did it, but he got that deal when he made, every movie he was in. Well, he got the, he did that deal when he made the first Iron Man because it was considered a oh gamble my. for him to sign on to a, this giant contract for all these movies. He said, "I'll do it." But I want money off of every fucking Marvel movie. I don't even oh, think it's just dude. movies he's in. No, I it's think, every Marvel movie. He I gets think a cut. I think he gets a little piece of every Marvel movie. Yeah, that guy's sitting. And, I high. think up up until Endgame, dude. That guy 
If I'm not mistaken, I think I read that he is like over the last 15 years it's been going on. It was something like 120 million. Like, oh, wow. Easy. Uh, uh, and that's outside of his salary that he gets paid for each movie. What, so what, he's probably what, what made 200 like, million. What does somebody like James Bond get paid? Dude, you know, hold on. You know how much Robert Downey Jr. is worth right now? As of September Can 14th. I guess? Guess. Uh, uh, 350 million. 440 million. 300 million. Wow. Wow. Tom Cruise, yeah. you know how much Tom Cruise's net worth is? Oh, he's probably worth a half, at least half a billion. $600 million. All because of those yeah. fucking goddamn Mission Impossible movies, man. How much does he make off of that one, you think? Oh, he's a producer. He's uh, he, he gets a lot, I imagine. Bruce oh, Willis? Dude, think how much money that is. Dude, Bruce Willis is worth $250 million. And he just makes shit movies because he doesn't give a fuck. Yeah, he's got that ego. He's like, I got to be in front of that camera. Dude, Tom time. Cruise is almost a billionaire. That's crazy. Well, that's your net worth. That's like all of your assets, everything about you. He probably, he, he, I, I, also I bet probably, Robert Downey Jr. has got like probably 80 million hard cash. Yeah, probably like that's like he has access to probably. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, like say eighty million. Oh, the last thing we gotta talk about, just saying, I wanna explain to you what the government is gonna do to, to fuck you. And I just wanna say it very quickly, very shortly. Okay. Have you ever heard of unrealized capital gains? Mm-hmm. Have you ever heard this term? Yes. Yeah. Well over the past few days, yeah. Okay, so unrealized capital gains. So let's let's say this. I buy uh one share at a hundred dollars, <coughs> right? Okay. So I buy one share at a hundred dollars. The day after I buy that share, it drops 5%. So now my share is worth $95, right? So I've lost five bucks. I'm down 5%. But let's say the next day after that, it rises to one share is worth $105. So I made a 5% increase, right? So that is my on my unrealized gain. So like, let's say my median is the 100. I drop down. Now when that goes up to 105, technically, okay, I increased my value evaluation of the stock. I've made 10% more money, mm-hmm. right? So under the, the federal government can't tax you on the first 5%, right? Mm-hmm. Because that's the way they look at it. They well, go, okay. You're taking a risk buying a stock. So if you, if you get something from it, it's your boon, but you could also lose it. So, yeah. Well, right. But their idea is they can't. So this is what pe- this is what this is the, the, the shady part that people are arguing. So companies would go buy stock. Because check this out. This is very smart. It's a really smart way to launder money. It's a really smart way to launder money. So what is, so uh, it's called unrealized capital gains. Okay. So you raised that 10% went up, right? From 95 to 105. You only get taxed on the top 5%. So that from 100 to 105, you get taxed on that 5%. Because that's your gain. That's your gain. And the five percent below that, that five, that ninety-five to one hundred, is your unrealized gains. Basically, the gains that you weren't expected to make. Yes. Right. So the Fed now is, and Janet, Janet Yellen or whatever Janet Yellen is the Secretary of Treasury. She is going to be going after your unrealized gains. It's like double, so that means it's like a double tax. It, it, it no, it means. So you invest you're gonna, you're your money. Lose money. No, you're yeah, going to well, pay them. What corporations will do, check it out. They will dump $100 million into a stock knowing it's going to go down because they got an announcement. Announcement goes down. 
It's a little thing. They lose like, let's say 5% of valuation. Kind of like Facebook. Everybody knew this story was coming out today, like about like all this bull crap and they dropped for 3%. So people who bought in, right, it went down, but they know it's going to go back up. So they can invest money and that 3% that it fell, that money's not going to be touched when it goes to, you know, like 20% more mm -hmm. in six months. It's just, so that 3% is a protected asset. It doesn't really get fucked with as much. And so now they're saying they're going to go after unrealized capital gains well, tax. Yeah, and they're taxing you before you actually make a profit. It's like theoretical because like you have to sell it to make a profit. That's usually when you would get taxed on something is when you sell something. And they want to tax <coughs> you before you sell it. So it's like a triple tax. It's like kind of crazy. Yeah, and, and then and then the thing is very, very quickly is the stock market is probably one of the most dangerous places and also most profitable places in the world for everybody. But now a little guy like you, Mike, the amount of transactions you're going to have to keep track yeah. of, reporting, this, this is why they want, because they want to go to a completely digital currency, that is why. That's why they want to have all this tightly regula regulated stuff. So I say, people, be wary, Take, be, be on the lookout. If you have money in the stock market, just pay attention to those things. Things will probably change. Reporting procedures could change. And it's something to be wary of, because technically, the only now they're taxing money that you lose. Mm-hmm. It's kind of, That's crazy. I mean, nobody's, uh, there's very few people that think this is a good idea. Even people that you would think would be sympathetic to the Biden administration that always provide cover and stuff. Even they're like, this is unconstitutional. It's going to be a mess. Like how the fuck do you even regulate this? Or how do you like, you're basically like taxing people on a potentiality. Like it's, <laughs> it's not, well, it's not even, it, well, the thing is like the crazy part is they tax you for your paycheck. <laughs> Yeah. for your work yeah. and then they tax you when you go risk your money yeah and if it, if yeah. it, it like, that's the crazy well, because part. they're trying to they're trying to sell this as a way to tax the rich this is how we're going to tax the rich but it's not just the rich it's anybody that fucking invests in stock it's everybody yes a lot of little well, people they're trying to, they're level trying... middle class people would get royally fucked by this. well all these all these guys on twitter that are tracking all of the money that uh the Congress people are making off of stocks like Nancy Pelosi, yeah. like they're getting cease and desist letters, like telling them to stop talking about their portfolios. Fuck and their that. Stocks. They're public figures, dude, dude. Well, it they're is, not, they're it, not public figures. I mean, they're, 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 no, they're elected public officials, public, they're public servants. Well, that's what I mean. A public, yeah. a public figure could be any, like we could technically in some weird way be public figures. I'm talking, I mean like they are public servants. They're elected officials. Yeah. They should be trans financial transparency because this could lead to, um, uh, what do you call it? Like just people being bought off or whatever. Yeah. But anyway, go check it out. It affects the integrity of go, their job. Go read, go read Revolver News about Ray Epps. You'll have some some stuff, uh, interesting stuff to read there. I, re I recommend it. I would agree. I'd agree. For sure. Go watch Dune. Go watch Dune. Go check it out. Go watch Dune, if you don't have everybody. If and if you go get HBO Max, email HBO saying the only reason I got this was to watch Dune to make them real feel warm and fuzzy about making the second one because I need this. <laughs> I need this in my life immediately. Because when I'm when I'm in my pod, my VR, and I'll be watching it in VR with like Cheetos all over me and like got my little fucking Coke like tube. Oh, don't worry, like sir. Don't worry, sir. The Cheeto dust will be real. It will yeah. be real. Yeah. Yes. Your the bo will be real. That will be real.
Dan, do you know what I'm gonna do? What? When you do that? What? I'm gonna come over to your house, dude, and I'm gonna give you the biggest ball tap you've ever had. <laughs> you said, I thought you were like, I'm gonna come over and just suck your dick when you ain't looking. <laughs> I thought he said, I thought he was gonna like, say he was gonna rob gotcha. you. Gotcha. That's kind of like South Park when uh, Cartman like sucks uh, Butter's dick. Remember? Yes, vaguely. Yeah. He puts his dick in his mouth and then he goes to police because he always does funny <laughs> shit to Butters when he's sleeping. And he goes, and he goes like, "Look!" And they're like, "Dude, that's like because he he put his dick in his mouth and took a picture because every time Butter slept over, he would like moon him. He would do this, you know, all this stuff. And then uh, he goes to school the next day and he shows everybody the picture, and they're like, "Dude, that's." gay you put his dick in your mouth and like so the whole episode is cartman trying to because like because because i think stan goes well the only way to make it not gay is you got to put your dick in his mouth so like cartman is trying to trying to figure out how to get butters alone and like he finally does and he like blindfolds him and it gets like the thing and like he finally puts his dick in butter's mouth and then you know uh like butter's uh, dad busts in the room so bad bust in the room and he's like oh my god what the fuck are you doing and like cartman runs out and like butters gets his ass beat for it he doesn't know why he doesn't know what happened it's pretty funny it's a pretty great episode just ruined it but it's great do you guys have uh the strength for five more minutes i have the strength Oops, can strength. you do it yeah can you do it okay yeah. yeah yeah so dave Chappelle was gave it was doing a, a a show and he made some comments about the fallout from the closer and the trans Dude, this, community and Netflix. This, this shit makes me look crazy. A little bit. You're like a gay neo. Uh, yeah, I was gonna say I kind of yeah. got like this neo vibe. Like, you know. oh, that's some like it changes yeah, the shape. It it changes the shape of my face. Like yeah, I look like weird, a, dude. I look like a 50 year old biker, like overweight, trying to make it through my heroin addiction, like. You know, like I'm at the bar and I'm like, I'm cool, man. I'm cool. Like cool it does. Fuck, yeah, you also look like you might be Asian a little bit. <laughs> That's true. Definitely true. <laughs> How you good? And now I'm American. Like I'm white. I'm Asian. I'm white. Yeah. I'm Asian. This guy is a Asian over here. This guy right, is he's right. right out of the Matrix. You look like a PS2 character. No, like flat. The flat yeah, face dude, that, from like Enter the Matrix, yeah. Dude, I look, I literally look like if I was actually the proper way, way to say it would be like I'm I, you know, well, like I'm Asian white. I mean, I'm I. I mean, you're I'm I. You're pretty good. You got a flannel shirt on. You're almost a cholo. I mean, dude, yeah, I look kind of like choloy. Like the 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 light really makes it look weird too. Look at this. This is yeah. crazy. This is, a, is this the five minutes you wanted to talk about? Yeah, 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 yeah. All right. <laughs> oh, no, anyway. Yes. Hold on. Uh, oh, you figured out how to do it? Well, I'm going to have to, like, fuck around with it. It's going to be a little bit of a pain in the butt, but it <coughs> should be okay. Like, watch the stream. All right, so. This is only the first part, or do you have all the parts? I have the two-minute. This is the two-minute version. I think it covers the pertinent part of it. It's like a, There's, like, a five-minute clip where he talks about it, but this is, like, I think the end of okay. it. Okay. All right. So the transgender. All right. It's been said in the press. That I was invited to speak to the transgender employees at Netflix, and I refused. What? That is not true. Hold on, pause it, sir. If they had invited, yes. Do you see the bottom right when you like it has the little volume thing? You can turn it up. 
the bottom right little volume. Do you, or do you not have that on yours? I do not have that on mine. Oh, wait. Options. Stop streaming. Show. Yeah, I want to do that report wrong. No, I can't turn it up. Can you guys not hear it? I mean, I can hear it. I um, can. No, I'm having problems because what it does when you're the host, it doesn't like it keeps going. Like, Dude, just shoot it. Shoot the video in the chat and I'll stream it. Except if you want. That's okay. You, you just need to hear it, really. So. Although I am confused about what we're speaking about. I said what I said, and boy, I heard what you said. My God, how could I not? You said you want a safe working environment at Netflix. Well, it seems like I'm the only one that can't go to the office anymore. I want everyone in this audience to know that it, even though the media frames us that it's me versus that community, that it's not what it is. Do not blame the LBGTQ community for any of this shit. This has nothing to do with them. It's about corporate interests and what I can say and what I cannot say. For the record, and I need you to know this, Everyone I know from that community has been nothing but loving and supporting. So I don't know what all this nonsense is about. In summer 2020, when the whole world shut down, I was outside doing shows. My neighbor had a cornfield and he let me throw shows there and people came from all over the country. Some people came from around the world to see those shows. The best comedians on earth came to my home and broke bread with me. And we lived our lives. We found a way to keep moving forward. I made a whole documentary about it. The first night of those shows was a piece that some of you might have seen. It was called 846, and it dealt with the death, the murder of George Floyd. Well, it didn't fucking say the part that I wanted it to say, but. Well, yeah, because uh, I told you, I told you that's not the whole thing. Go click on the whole video. I can't find it. Is this the whole video? That's it. Here's that's part it. Two, part two. Yeah, that's I was it. invited to every film festival in the United States, and some of those invitations I accepted. And when this controversy came out about the close-up, they began disinviting me from these film festivals. And now, today, not a film company, not a movie studio, not a film festival, nobody will touch this film. Thank God for Ted Sarandos and Netflix. He's the only one that didn't cancel me yet. To the transgender community, I am more than willing to give you an audience, but you will not summon me. I am not bending to anybody's demands. <clears throat> and if you want to meet with me, I'd be more than willing to, but I have some conditions. <laughs> <laughs> 
First of all, you cannot come if you have not watched my special from beginning to end. You must come to a place of my choosing and a time of my choosing. And thirdly, you must admit that Hannah Gatsby is not funny. <laughs> I desperately want people to see this movie. But I understand why investors would be nervous. Since nobody will touch it, I'll tell you what I'll do. I will make it available for all of you in 10 American cities going on sale in the next few days. You will be able to see this movie in its entirety and you can see what they're trying to obstruct you from seeing. And you can judge for yourself, but you can Well, that's about that's it. That's, that's it. There's like 20 more seconds. Wait, what's yeah. he talking about there? In this movie, well, no, so he did this uh, his last stand-up special for for Netflix called The Closer, and he made some what some people would consider controversial statements about trans activists, yes. not trans his people. La yep. His last one was honestly worse. The last one, his last, his one before this. Oh yeah, well because I mean, was the, more offensive. The clo than, the closer was one. basically him answering all of the criticisms he's had over the past, like. I don't even think the closer was like his greatest special or the funniest thing I've ever seen or anything like that. But the point of it was to just make a point. He said, I'm going to make fun of all the things that you've just told me over the past few years. I can't, or I'm not supposed to. I mean, as well, no, but what's, what's this movie that he's released? So he made a documentary about during the pandemic, he did like stand up shows in his neighbor's farm, basically. Yeah, and he made a documentary about it. But now that all this controversy is happening, he's finishing up the documentary, and nobody wants to distribute it. Um, oh, nobody so like wants Netflix, like HBO Max. They don't want to catch the heat because Dave Chappelle yeah. is in trouble with a thing. And this, the question about this is like, where does the actual power lie? Like Dave Chappelle's got fuck you money. Like he doesn't really need to care about this. <coughs> this this really at all it doesn't probably wouldn't really affect him in any great way. Dave Chappelle is going to be able to keep being Dave Chappelle and doing what he wants to do. But it's more in principle. Like it's more of like he's standing up so that people that are not in the position of Dave Chappelle, that maybe they'll be able to weather a storm and have the integrity of their art and their, their creations. It's almost like oh, this weird fight for artistic integrity. Uh, because like you don't want to fall yeah. to a group of activist bullies. Like it doesn't even matter if they're trans or not. They're just activists and they're fucking bullies and they just want a response. They just want you to come to fucking heal. So when he says like you will not summon me and I'm not gonna bend my knee to you, that's kind of a big thing. In a certain respect. Yeah. Yeah, that is actually, in, yes. The only thing about the closer is it was a giant bending the knee. The entire thing in a way, what I mean is like he didn't really go at at them and like he wasn't ruthless you know no. like he tried to explain his, his, his like his like stuff you know like instead of being like that to me is why the closer is not really it's it's good i enjoyed the closer i laughed i thought it was fine but it did not feel like he was being ruthless dave chappelle 
being upfront and honest about like the way he sees the world. Well, except he, Dan, he said he was team turf. Like that's a huge statement to make about. No, I, that yes, stuff. yes. No, he's saying that he's team gender exists. There is a different, like, yeah, that's, you know, what I think he was making the statement. Yes, there are men and women. There are biological differences, like very basic. Like you're not brave, Dave, you know, like that's not brave. Like brave is what he did this special before. And now his response was trying to come to terms and to end it. I'm not saying I didn't like it. That's not what I'm saying. But this is what happens, I think, when... Because the other one was arguably worse and more offensive towards trans people. It's because he showed weakness and they fucking went after him. And they, and they, okay, they, that's fair. That's fair. Like, that's what I'm saying. I mean, like, I, it, I don't... I don't... I did not see it as, like, a weakness, per se. I think, like, it was just like, well, here's how I really feel about it. Because... It was not really a comedy special. Dave Chappelle's moved into the part of his career now where he holds courts. He doesn't yeah, really. He's not like out there telling jokes, really. He's like holding court about his opinion mm -hmm. on the world. He's moved into a different. That's crazy. A different Who the fuck would want to go see that? <laughs> people, a lot of people, apparently. You saw them. Um, yeah, I'm just saying. But like, but I, I agree with you in the sense that I guess you could perceive that as him like showing a little bit of weakness that he was going to be at least a little bit conciliatory, but I do think he wasn't going after trans people. He's his target is activists is trans oh, I, is yeah, gender, or was... not even trans, like gender activists. That's where his, that's the target. The target is not trans people. And if no, you listen it, to I... the whole special, it's clearly not like, and that's why he made that yeah. comment. Like, I, you need to have seen the whole thing if you want to talk. No, to him. And, and I think he's also like when he talks about the Stonewall people, which has been definitely, you know, not entirely been accurate from what I hear. But like, you know, he's like, you, we needed like hard gays, like, like real gays, like gays who had to like actually earn shit. Now you got all these privileged gays and trans people just going around, you know, like, honestly, at the end of, I think it sucks that Dave felt pressured to actually clarify that's the real shame yeah i don't i actually i think like what we just watched like while i like understand and agree with he's saying i wish he just never addressed it and just went about his life like even his documentary like dave has the ability to just release that himself which he's doing anyways he doesn't need all these other things he doesn't need a studio to come out he could put that shit on a website and you could buy it for 10 bucks if you wanted to like yeah, but I like think Lu you know, Louis C.K. Like Louis C.K. did four years. Like yeah, I I agree, but I think it's also still maintaining relationships in those businesses, and who knows, you know, it, it, I don't know. Maybe maybe that's just the way you get you do shit, right? Like in the industry, no, he's in, in the industry. It is that's just what happens. It. But he doesn't. So I don't think he's above it. Though he doesn't even have to do that. Like he no, he, but I think I think it's him being kind of shocked. Well, like, that, I think there was a little bit of shock there. He's like, they he's, he's all seemed, canceled it. Yeah, he seemed like he's drunk, too, in that clip a little bit. Like, he's a little <laughs> a little tipsy. But, like, Maybe. but I agree with you. I think he was actually kind of taken aback that it had, like, I don't think you can cancel Dave Chappelle. I don't think that's really possible. He just has too much Obviously power. not. Obviously not. Well, he did get canceled. Yeah, but, yeah, but he's that's never. It's never not going to come out. Yeah, but he really didn't get canceled. No, he got. Listen, getting canceled from work, from being able to share your art because of a comedy special, is being canceled. Being canceled is not being canceled from the internet. Like, who gives a shit? Alex Jones was never really canceled. 
I mean, he they really, really tried. Don't get me wrong. He's more, but like, he's more canceled than Dave Chappelle. Is. Hey, yeah, I'm gonna uh, step off here, guys. I gotta get to bed. Okay, fair I enough. I gotta wake up fair really enough. early. All okay. Right. Yeah, you're good, man. All right, bye. Right. Peace. Bye. I I don't think I don't think that he, he was anywhere outside of the. Uh, that is me. Like he, the whole industry turned his back on him, and that says something. When like you're no Dave Chappelle's gonna get money controversy or not mm -hmm. like he's going to generate you some sort of revenue on something that's already filmed and produced and directed now you just gotta share it like and that's an issue so uh that's and that is well but that's, the, that's what i mean like the larger point is about where the actual cultural power lies in these institutions like we've talked about before like that's the why like this is like a great opportunity for Dave Chappelle to make his own little parallel institution. And maybe he will, maybe he will, you know, you never know. I think that's, I think that's something that Joe Rogan has done. That's pretty smart about Austin. Probably going to ruin it, but that is what he's smart about Austin. Uh, like the kill Tonys have gotten way better in the last few weeks, just because of Austin, there's a different energy. Mm -hmm. There's a different, like, you know, guys are really going out there to try. Like you see kids from like Michigan from here, from there. And I think you're seeing like this cool, and it's it's way more ease of access and way less people well, than get, something like LA. Yeah, or but you get so that, you get people that are actually hungry, right? Like, because in LA, it's like almost a foregone conclusion that these things are available to you. You to, like, to, oh, I I can go have my shot. In Austin, no, that's I, not I, that was not a normal thing for people to be able to like share a stage with Joe Rogan or something like that. And now they can. Oh, I think so. It's a big deal I, I, for that community. I think for most comedians, like, especially, I think Joe's talked about this and like, like most comedians out there are like Brian Callen, uh, like mm -hmm. a, a average comedians that want to get on a TV show, be syndicated. Like, yeah. that's why a lot, like, that's what it's about. Like, that's what it was really. You, you can be a you, like Ray Romano, you know, yeah. his, didn't he start out as like a stand up comedian? Am I yeah. wrong? No, I thought, he's a, he, yeah, he is a stand up. Yeah. He still yeah. does it. You know what I I mean, I don't fucking see his shit, but you know, like he has a Netflix it, special. It's it's okay. I you know, but I'm just saying, like that's what the dream was to be Ray Romano, to be uh, to get a uh, the deal. fat guy from Kings of Queens. You get know, a, get a deal. Like, yeah, get a deal. And I think that's the difference where guys are going there to do comedy. Like they're going there to do comedy and comedy only. Mm -hmm. And I think that's a cool thing to bring to the scene. And um. I, I'm hopeful, and that's really what these parallel institutions are about. And now, like you know, with the governor uh, governorship race up in uh, you know Virginia, um, Youngkin, I watched some of his speeches. I wanted to get his like, what kind of status is he going to be? You know, a status is a status uh, to me. But at the end of the day, you look at McAuliffe, and then you look at him. They're bringing out all the guns from McAuliffe, dude. Obama, Kamala, v, uh, Biden. Uh, like fucking everybody, Muhammad Ali probably. Yeah, nobody's and still their crowds are pretty small. The crowds are not necessarily big, but also the race is tight. It's forty eight, forty eight. Mm -hmm. You know, like they really don't know uh, which way it's gonna go. But I sit there and you really hope the guy's gonna come in and not do this authoritarian shit. This is gonna be a part of the populist movement. But I'm saying I would expect this is just me. He's not going to win, probably. Uh, probably not, maybe. I don't, I don't know. I don't no, know. I don't think he's going to win because I really do believe, like, people think it's a joke and it's taboo, but they have already done, set things in place in motion to 
oh, it's going to take weeks for the results to like days and days for the results to come, just like they did last time. Laying the groundwork uh, for at least the ability to be a little bit questionable. Perhaps, some, some sure. Tactic. It's obviously possible, right? I don't, I don't buy any. Our, I don't think our elections have been secured probably decades, but yeah, even more now. I mean, you go back to JFK, they wanted to get the mob helped get JFK elected. Like, you know, like it was. Oh, I know. Yeah. That's just the way it's always been. So fair enough. That's true. All right. Well, I guess that's an episode. That's almost three hours. It's a lot. It's a lot of time. Dan, I've, I, hey, listen, I've, I, I don't know, man. Shouldn't talk about Dune. Should have done its own thing. <laughs> well, we got it in here. It's all in we did. It's all part of the magic. All it right, everybody. Is. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you for watching. This is Zoobox, a podcast about nonsense, much of which you have just heard. And we'll see you guys next week. <laughs> <laughs>